There we are. Where's that voice coming from? From from nowhere? I'm recording today from Spring Grove Cemetery, not a mile from my house, probably half a mile from my house. This is the second largest cemetery in these United States. I looked it up this morning, the people who are buried here, I actually haven't really heard of any of them. A bunch of Civil War generals and old Ohio senators and, and, uh, and the like are here. Uh, some baseball players, lots of big folks here. I'm sitting on a big Washington Monument-looking phallus thing right now uh, that says Bell on it. Don't know if that's the Alexander Graham Bell family or, or who, but uh, that's where I am overlooking a beautiful scene, little like uh, man-made lakes and some, some weeping willows. And Today's episode, uh, we recorded in Albany, New York after, after a Y show. Our, our old friend Jordan Feynman lives there, and Josiah and I met up with him in my hotel after. He was, he was a child prodigy, you, you know, on the, on the piano and, and musically, and just, I think in general, one of these like little genius kids. And that's, that's uh, how we knew him. I'm not so sure what else to say about Jordan other than you just have to listen to this. I mean, he's sort of like a, he feels like a guru type character. He really has thought deeply about spirituality. And, you know, I, I didn't maintain my religious beliefs from childhood. You know, now he did in some way. Now he developed them, of course, and made them his own. But he still believes in the God of the Bible. You know, I, I've, I've sort of lost touch with all that within me um, and don't necessarily harbor those beliefs. Uh, but I do feel a need for spirituality in my life. Those of you who are younger, you may not feel that way at all. You may just be embittered in, on Facebook or, or whatever, Instagramming your, your ice grill face for the world. And that's fine. I was the same way 10 years ago. I, I wasn't thinking about spirituality. And, and if someone was to ask me if I was searching for something, I would have said, no, not really. But I, I feel like the older I get, the more I realize that this is not the only thing happening here, that things go deeper than the physical, material world. And I long for some, some more, like a deeper connection with the universe. <sighs> Motherfuckers keep blowing up my cell phone here. Jordan seems to have a good idea about that. I, I, would, I would call him sort of a, a, a reclusive messianic mystic. Those are my words, that he would never acquiesce to that title. But that's sort of how I see him after that conversation. And listening back to that has been enlightening for me. You know, I only got part of what he was saying during the conversation. It sort of started to sink in the more I listened to it. I don't want to paint a picture of Jordan too much before you've had a chance to hear him talk yourself. So I, I'm just going to let the interview speak for itself. Come on, you guys. Sit down. You mind, you mind if I uh, take a quick shower? It'll be like just five minutes. Sure. Good quickness. Yeah. 
Recording? Yeah. I know, I feel a little weird now that I know that's recording. <laughs> really? I can't, I can't completely, uh, I can't relax. I mean, it's unless we're doing an interview type thing. Can we hit pause on it or no? No, man. It's, it's all, this, is, this is what it is. I, I, I know, I know. I mean, Are you going to use this part of the podcast? Probably he'll use like the snippet. Probably not much of it because we're eating, so you can't use that. But look, I mean, you know when you know he's going to hear this? I know, I know, I know. Look, I'll be honest with you. I know. When you're not worried about what people think, you say the most interesting stuff. <laughs> don't even worry about that. I just like pre record I like pre-orchestrated things, including words. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and Yoni's, Yoni's the same way. I think I that's know. why he's doing this, to try to get into just like stream of thought. I mean, he edits it down. He's not going to use all this stuff, yeah. but... Uh, do you remember OPP? The rap that the down with OPP, yeah, yeah you know yeah, me, of course, yeah. yeah. The whole that that is so perfect. The bat, the groove to it is mm-hmm. so perfect that the, you know they're just looping like two measures, right? You know, right. over and over again. But this, it's not just what's being played, but it's the timbre of the instrument. Yeah, because you can like listen to the right timbre and tonality, and someone can be singing the phone book if they have the right tone, you know, or if it's the right snare, uh-huh. and it's right, it's the proper timbre and tone. You can hear that snare like over and over. Yeah, because <laughs> every time it hits, it's touching. Uh-huh. The tone is touching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. talking about. I asked Jordan what he's been listening to, and, and yeah. he couldn't exactly answer that question. But people think I'd be into something heady or you know something like I would turn on right you know often. I would just put on like no, nothing but a G thing mm-hmm. by Dr. Dre. Yeah. Every You're a production guy. Yeah. You hear... Yeah. I mean, there's nothing... There's three parts going on, and they're perfectly in context with each other. Yeah. There's no excess. There's no additional notes. There's nothing going on. But this, this thing with the chord, there's like a, a minor triad, you know, with this bass on. I like that you like simple shit. It's like that and like this and like that and it's like this Then who gives a fuck about those? So just chill to the next episode You fit it right in with the You should be in our band, Jordan Well, yeah, well, that's the thing Like, it's more about what's not played than what's played Right It's like, it's when you get deep When the music's really deep It's more about shape than quantity You know what I'm saying? Yeah, sure It's about deliberate, intentional notes that, yeah. are, that are filling a space and drawing a picture rather than like quantity. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like you have like what you got like with Good Friday. Like I, I'll, I'll, I sometimes I'll just go to the computer. I'll put Good Friday on because I hear what you're doing there. You have this. You have this thing where the bass comes in sparingly. Right. But it's just right. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. 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 Exactly. It's <laughs> off yet. Bum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you, I can hear you took the time to find sounds with the right timbre. Right. Like every sound. That's, a, that's an organ pedal. Uh, exactly. On a, right. on a Hammond, on a big Hammond B3. Yeah. And the sounds, the sounds you actually choose, I'm, I'm as much about the sound quality. What no, what actual instruments you've chosen, the yeah. quality. Yeah. You can tell, like, if someone's just picking, like, some preset 
sound off of some Korg Trinity. Right. They didn't tweak it. It's terrible. It. It's, it's terrible. You know, that's why MIDI is so dangerous. Yeah. Well, talks with MIDI, man. Yeah. They don't, they're not taking time. They didn't tweak the snare sound enough. Yeah. And I can't stand when somebody has an awesome melody and they didn't take the time to write, find the right sounds. Right. Yeah. It drives me nuts. Yeah. And you can tell they haven't done anything. The sounds yeah. are dead. Yeah. They don't touch you. There's a certain style that's happening now. There's a certain style that ha- that's happening now in certain kinds of music. I think rap, some new rap music and stuff where that's almost intentional. The sound of, of like the preset. Sound. Yes, the no preset thing. sound. Yeah. If it's like it's totally intentional, I, I can get, I get I can it. get down with right. it. Yeah. Yes, if it's intentional. Do you listen to some new rap or mostly just uh, Oh, I, most of it I can't stand because yeah. you can tell that they haven't taken any time yeah. to, 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 to craft the sound. Yeah. Well, yeah. they don't do as much sampling. Rare and you know, rare. The time, like yeah. Biggie, I mean, all that, awesome, all those awesome beats, those are all just samples. But those are just, They were samples. Those are so ripped, though. But that, you know, yeah, I but mean, they say were what so, you will. Like <laughs> Juicy. Yeah, they're but so, Juicy. Juicy is great, but it's such a rip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. totally. Yeah. It's, I get it. It's, not even, yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. beyond yeah. rip. Yeah. It's yeah. like they might as well just wrapped over the original recording. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, that, really they had a, but it's fine. They yeah. had a beef to it. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't there. But that's how it, that's how it sort of derived. That's how rap music, yeah. hip hop beats or whatever came from. It's just like even harder. Yeah, but people yeah. just yeah. rapping over the record, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. My frustration, and I think you get this, is that there's a duality of orchestration versus improvisation. Yeah, and what happens is is you can get musicians that really know what they're doing and can really hear, and they play in context perfectly with everybody else on the fly, and that's really good, but it's very rare. Versus when when one person has heard all the parts perfectly in context, yeah. and now everyone's playing those parts. You, 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 it's a, it's a level like you hear like Quincy Jones, yeah. like this stuff like Thriller. Yeah, uh, it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah, and you know he heard pretty much everything going on yeah. there, and he's got the players playing those pre-orchestrated parts. Yeah, you know, you know, you know, that one thing plays throughout the entire that one deal. He never even drops it. He probably drops it out once. He probably drops one. Yeah, but it's so good. Yeah. The issue is context. Yeah. When Absolutely. It's, it's the interlocking. It's the of interlocking. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't hear it often in pop music. As, you, you as used, often. I feel like you, you used, used to. to. In the 60s and stuff. In the 60s, you, you yeah. used to do that more. More studio chop. Reggae does it. Yeah, reggae, yes. One of the bands that does it, that you did it, was Mr. Mister. I don't I'm know. I'm familiar with Yeah, you are. Broken Wings. Take these broken Okay, okay. You know? And learn and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Kiri. Kiri Ellison on the road that I must travel. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Both of those tracks are totally orchestrated, like, to the max. Okay. And you hear a purity of orchestration and integration. Like, you take someone like Trevor Horn, who's a producer, was my one of my favorite producers. Who, who did he do? He did like so many acts in the eighties. He he handled all of Seal's stuff. He did great uh, "Slave to the Rhythm" by Grace Jones. Uh, he's Buggles. Video killed the radio star. Mm-hmm. Okay. He he was he helmed a lot of the hits of the eighties. Got it. And you listen to his stuff. He would bring like Frank relax like Frankie goes to Hollywood. Relax, don't do it. Like he took the whole band in, and I think he like pretty much scrapped everything they did, and like helmed the whole thing himself. <laughs> 
yeah. and had them sing over it. And you hear you hear the genius of one man's integration. Right, right. Yeah, I think I think there must be a happy medium somewhere. There is a happy medium. Because I you know, like, okay, the Beatles, yeah. for example. For the most part, each song probably was am I I'm thinking most shit was George Martin and Paul McCartney. Yeah. Arrangements. Right. That's what I think. Yeah. I don't know for sure. I think you're right. But I think John Lennon brought a vibe. Absolutely. And a, and, yes. a, and a, that's where I was going to coolness. That's where I was going to go with. Paul McCartney doesn't have. Yes. That's where I was going to go with. Yeah. It. Yes. So he brought that element to the tight anal shit that that McCartney was doing. Yes. You know, and I can relate to McCartney, so I'm not saying that in a negative way. Yeah. Uh, but I think yeah, John Lennon brought like a like like you said, a coolness, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. He was a cool dude. Like him, oh, yeah. Neil Young, guys like that, you know, they're just cool dudes. Yeah. You, cool you know, dudes. You just this is how they are. Part part of it's funny, part of my spiritual beliefs actually. Like I have an I have a deep problem with the integration issue. Like I feel like in the future when there's gonna be a new world there will be a, there will be a contextual connection at the subconscious level where there will be a seamless integration of improvisation and orchestration so that as soon as you start to play you're immediately in context with everybody else everywhere you're saying and that's that's a kind of yes because because yes because the reality is is that all order comes from the spirit realm melodies are not now you're getting deep no melodies you realize the melodies that are really good they, they, they're already there. You see them. They're already pre-written. You actually transcribe the melody that's there. You're not really writing it. You're actually, it's already pre-written. And you see into your subconscious a picture of that. Yeah, I, I understand what you mean. There's times you can craft each note. But the ones that really... No, no, no. I, I don't... No, no. The ones that work are the ones the that... The ones that, that work are the ones you didn't write. But, but, but that used to... Produce... <laughs> I like that. I like that. For you to say that comes from from a spiritual, like you know, I mean that's semantics. Like in my mind, it come it could come from not to negate you, but to play devil's advocate. In my mind, it comes from all the million songs I've heard throughout my life, right. and just my my innate sense sensibilities and what I like because of that, probably. Well, I, I think um, it, it depends. I mean, there's no proof for any of it. It's, right. It's, I mean, the, the reality of the situation is, uh, it comes from a place in your mind. <clears throat> that is subconscious on some level. Yes. And then it comes into your conscious. Like, I, I write melodies down. You'll find yourself singing them. Where do they come from? You're sitting there gardening, you know, <laughs> you're doing dishes. And all of a sudden, you're singing it. The mark of a really good melody, I find, is that you don't remember when you wrote it. Like, you don't have a lot of recollection. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's, it's not personal because I feel like I didn't write it. I just basically was allowed to see it at that moment and hear it. Jordan, is that a way of getting your ego out of it to justify we could get into your past and and your feelings of being egocentric? You know, I've been listening to your podcast, Yoni. Okay. And, you know, today I was just listening to Jeff and Adam one. Mm -hmm. That's where I'm at. And... You know, with everyone, you kind of go back to their history, which you kind yeah, of have to do. Now, I like to get a history. Yeah, with Jordan, yeah. there's so much history, yeah. and I want to talk about that stuff, but mm-hmm. I also feel like, you know, everything we're talking about now is, is really interesting. It I, is. I don't want to bog it down with the whole history, but to, to understand, like, I feel like, is it a way of, is it a way of taking yourself out of it so, so you don't have that guilty so you know, feeling like, this is so good, mine. I'm so great, you, you know, it's more like, 
you're a vessel kind of thing. You're a vessel. Well, in, in my mind, there is there is the the infinite order. I I would call it God. Effectively, it is fifth dimensional. This is a derivative place. We 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 are we have access to that order at times, and that's the, the spirit realm. I would call it the spirit realm. Once you know where stuff comes from, it is you. I mean, I could say it's me. I, I don't have a problem saying it's me. But I, I, also, I also understand what you're saying. You, you're you're connected to everything in the universe. Yeah. Uh, just by the fact that you're part of it. Right. And if it's and if it's a, a living, working system, exactly. Then that thing always existed somewhere. Exactly. And, and you were priv- you became privy, privy to, to it. it. I, I understand that because yeah. I do feel that way. Yeah. Yeah, you're I'm, now privy. I do think that way about about lyric writing, I, uh, words, yeah. and I think that way about melody. People call, I mean, the term is inspiration. Right, exactly. It inspire, it's breathed into you. Exactly. And it, you feel alive, you feel desire, and you feel it here. Yep. You feel, whoa, and you're excited, and it's like alive, and it's coming out of you. Yeah. And it's like, whoa. You often have to work to hone those things. You have, yes. But those should not come from work. Correct. It's effortless in nature. Yep. Yeah. The stuff that's really good, you. the stuff that's really good is effortless. Yeah. It's it's when the music is moving you, stuff that's moving you doesn't require any effort. When it's really working, it doesn't take you work because right. if it's work, it's not good because right. work and play are opposites. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's There's true. two definitions of good. It's Again, true. like I said though, there there is there is work that goes into making play yes tr- uh, translatable yes. To, to others. Now. Yes. The difference, I think, in the ways that we're thinking about this, though, is that, for me, it's, it's extremely intangible and extremely abstract yes. how this all happens. And for you, I get the impression that it seems solidly understood to you, in a way, in your mind. As God. Yeah. As, as divine, inspira- divine, divine inspiration, inspiration. quote-unquote. Yeah. Well, I only feel that way because of my experience in the past where... We can get into that. A Let's bit. get into it. Yeah, I think we should. Might as well. Should we do some kind of introduction of, of you want? That's you know, that's your thing. Well, we can just talk, and I can explain later right. that. Well, I'll explain now, and I can yeah. always cut this out. That we that we're, we're friends from childhood. Yeah, we met you when we were probably six, nine. seven years old, nine yeah. years old. Yeah, um, younger. And Jordan, uh, I mean, my first recollections of you were that you were basically this. Freakish genius pianist, like, and yeah. Well, I appreciate. We that. would go. You were kind of a dick the first year, in my mind. In my yeah. mind, I thought. I because you didn't know me. Yeah. Well, I, because I didn't know you, yeah. and, and you, you, I, I had this feeling that like, oh, this guy's yeah. kind of. Okay, this guy's kind of a dick. Yeah. And he's he was very mature and an adult for being an eight or nine year old kid. Exactly, and he and he was playing. Intense classical pieces, right? Prodigy. Yeah, we had never seen anything like that. Mm-hmm. Now that year, we thought you were a dick. The next year, so we grew up going to this conference every summer in Pennsylvania. Religious, religious conference. Religious, yeah, it's a Messianic Jewish conference. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would go every year in, in the summer. The second year, we became friends with you, right? That's something like that. Yeah, I yeah. think it's yeah, yeah. Over the yeah, years, over the years, we just you know. We got closer. We'd see each other every year, year. and uh, there was obviously a connection. Yeah, there was a connection there. Yeah, you and I started playing together. Yeah, um, and you would come up and visit every. Yeah, you know, I was playing drums. We saw each other in Florida a couple times. Yeah, Yeah. I wasn't necessarily a prodigy in the same way, but I was the best. That's You were also touted. I don't think so. I was touted, and and yeah, I I kind of 
we became a little duo. Yeah. You were you were carried around on the on the, the holy uh, chariot. Yeah, you had you had a groove that pretty much not too many people have. But that's another story. Yeah. <laughs> Same story. I would well, say he's a rhythmic, no, no. We're a rhythmic prodigy. How we relate to each other we kind yeah. of came from that, and yeah. and then it grew into yeah. our disbelieving what we were taught, and we, we became kind of. Skeptics, Skeptics and, and yeah. that was like our scene, and then yeah, I mean that's basically. And then you had your experience. I mean that's kind of where we are. I yeah. don't need to get too far into all of it, but well, let's get into that because I mean, yeah, yeah, I remember you were very skeptical. You you were you basically were kind of a hater on, on all the stuff that was going on the the conference. You stuff. and I would argue with with kids about how God doesn't necessarily exist. Yeah, I was a know. hater of um, ritual, right? Convention and uh, spiritlessness. Which, and yet, they yeah. always had you playing piano during the during the, like the times yes. when people were like, I, I I don't I never I would never ever say I didn't believe it. Uh, just basically a, an agnostic kind of like wanted to believe it. You know, I, yeah. What I did, what I wanted was and, an experience. And we're at age like sixteen. Yeah, sixteen. Yeah. I mean, meaning I I knew in theory it made the most sense that it that it was um, it is what it is. You know, that Jesus and and, and the the Bible and all that stuff, you know, I, I uh, that it is that it's true. You knew you know, in theory that. It I, 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 well, I thought I felt I felt it made sense that that it should be. But um, you grew up with it. Of course, I grew up with it. But I I have an issue with knowledge in general. It actually goes. My issue is with reality itself. And that in the Garden of Eden, for example, there wasn't any Bible. Right. You know? There were no rules, statues, books, nothing. There was there was just fruit. And hanging out, right, right. I mean that, and I know that's what God really is. He's just a little boy who likes to hang out and just have fun. And he's only having fun when it's not boring. You know, that's true spirit. Uh-huh. You know, when you're a little kid, you know. And so most religion is not that way. It's the actually the exact opposite. It's all ritual and, and and you know. But life isn't about play. It is about work in this fall fallen world. You know, if you believe the scriptures, you believe Eden was a place of play. The first words out of God's mouth when they were kicked out of the garden is a four-letter word, work. You know, it was the opposite of play. It's another four-letter word, which God said basically now, instead of hanging out with me and just enjoying your surroundings through your senses and just enjoying the fruit and the trees and, and you know, sexuality and having a good time innocently, you now... Now you have to toil in the field. Now that you've eaten this tree... Of this tree that I said to not eat. Right. Now all of a sudden, you're aware of everything that's not hanging out and playing. Right. Which is what? Work. Right, right. Because by, by, by definition, the opposite of that environment is work. But not that work. See, work but is, not being aware of any of it, doesn't that just make you a happy animal? So if you were going to put it into uh, the zone of evolution or whatever like that, mm-hmm. which I don't know what, where you stand on all that stuff like that. I but, think it's a crock, but that's just my own feeling. Okay. I've, I've always thought it was a crock. I think I think it's it's born out of someone who doesn't believe in any faith. But that's another. That's my own. But the, somehow the universe came about in stages of some sort. Can we agree on that? Yeah, I believe there I was believe. some start to the to the yeah, system of things. I think there was a start. So you know, in, in my mind, you know, one could think of you know, and I and I always think in metaphors, and I always think in you know representations of reality as opposed to 
direct statements. So in my mind, it's like them in the garden is is sort of metaphorical. Yeah, yeah metaphorical. Not maybe real. more yeah. like a more or more. Uh, I mean, and I don't know. Yeah, we don't anything. Know. Um, again. All this is just, you know, I, I'm just theorizing. And, and I, yeah, and if I can interject, yes. the only reason I believe, I mean, I, I, I had an experience that's empirical. Well, let's, let's go there then. Yeah. I mean, we'd always talk about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never spoken to you about this, though. He's told me somewhat about... I do remember, like, May, oh, 19, we had a thing. Yeah. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. That yeah. one time, yeah. Which was shortly after you had the experience. Yeah, really intense at that time. Really intense. Well, I was... You yeah. think he's intense now? It was. It oh, wasn't boring. It was not boring. Was I can not tell boring, you yeah. that. <laughs> Talking to you was not boring. <laughs> it was pretty. Yeah. It was intense. So intense. go on. Um, yeah. Well, when I was eighteen, I, I effectively I ran into a situation where it's very difficult to describe this because it's describing something that's part of you that is not um, physical per se. Um, I lost the capacity to, to derive all pleasure from the senses. So, so basically, I could only process data. Like, you play music, there is no registration to it. No feeling. And no preference difference. So, I could taste it. I could understand, like, if I had a potato chip, what it tastes like. But I put a potato chip in my mouth, or I put a brownie or whatever it was, there was no preferential difference. You could delineate the differences within the saltiness or sweetness. Correct. And I, and, I could, and I, exactly. The actual life force, if you will, that, that the magic that, if you want to call it, it's not really the term, but that, that, that sort of untenable, intractable concept of the thing that gives life to whatever you're doing that actually gives you pleasure was gone. All my senses, so smell, same thing, taste. So, so my reason, in a sense, was at that point, we're talking heavy-duty, scary. How did this, it, it overtook you within a matter of days? It took, you know, it took within, it was on my way to, to school, and it, and it happened. Um, in a moment. Well, it, ha- it actually happened a little more gradual. It happened gradually, and it was getting progressively worse. It got to a point where it was like, there's nothing there now. Could could that be called just deep depression? It, you you would call you could call that you know you call it anhedonia, the inability to feel pleasure. Okay. An extraordinarily deep depression, I guess. You know, you could call it that. But I knew at that point there was something metaphysical to it. I tried like a medication and stuff, different things, and nothing was registering it. You went to to a psychologist yeah, or something. Yeah. yeah. I could I could only basically just compute and reason. At a, like basically like a conscious computer. I could talk like this and act normal and seem normal, but there is no humanity. And that's the, the, the distinction. Of devoid the, of spirit. Devoid of spirit. Quote, and, that, that, quote, and that's quote. the whole asset, the assertion of, of science is that man is basically just a computer. If, if, if Biologically, if we're just biological, purely naturalistic philosophy, is that it's just this, you know, and there's nothing in this that we are. And so if we're just this, then we're effectively an extraordinary supercomputer that's processing and and computing. I mean, that's a, a biological machine in a sense. I mean, that's but we have a, a mind within our brain. Yes, we have a mind, but but pure naturalistic philosophy doesn't acknowledge a distinction between soul and and mind or, or any metaphysics of any kind. It's just what is observable. Chemicals, we're just chemicals. Right. That's that's what it is. 
So for just for, for purposes of reproduction, for purposes of and, reproduction, and any other object, which is objects, there's no higher substance, if you will, yeah. that's spirit or soul or anything like that. Those terms are not part of naturalistic philosophy. And on some level, it's good that science should be in that naturalistic frame because right. it deals with what is observable. Right. I could argue with anybody that, that, you know, that evolutionary theory believes that chance created everything, just haphazard forces. I mean, I could assert to you that chance is an illusion. Like Einstein said, time is an illusion. That chance just really doesn't really exist. It's all just not chance. And the illusion that if I just move like that, it's by chance. Well, maybe it's not. Maybe it's actually intention that I'm not aware of. Right. If we are computers, there's no chance in a computer at all. Right. Not one speck. Every zero and one is accounted for. So every zero and one that's in man, DNA, everything, must be accounted for somewhere. And they're going to say chance did it. But that we're getting off. I can go for no, hours. No, I, you're, that's deep shit. Because yeah. only a living creature can tell the difference between that which is of chance and that which isn't. Right. Does a computer know the difference? No. Some, somewhere within... <laughs> within. So how are we a computer if we can tell the difference? Somewhere within the strands of DNA, all that is written somewhere. All of it's within, written. Your whole life is written and everything you'll ever do. Yes. In some way you can in say that. In some way you could say that. Yep. If, if you call DNA an instruction set, yep. it is effectively a program then. Right. Of zeros and ones that determine that I'm going to lift my arm a foot right now. Right. At this moment. Yeah. Something told me to do it. Right. So if something told me to do it, there's no chance. Right. It's one or the other. So then how can we say that we're from chance if this is a non-chance move? Doesn't make any sense. It's all, a lot of it is semantics, though. But, but, semantics. But no, I mean, I mean you, you make a lot of sense. It's shit. extremely interesting, and it makes, it makes sense. You felt, you felt yourself going deeper and deeper, and you felt like these... Doctors that you would see, or you saw a doctor, I don't know, but they you they saw you as a, a, a series of chemical uh, imbalances that they were going to try to fix. Basically. With, with medication. Yeah. You tried it. Yeah. Did not did work. Did not work. I was stuck in that place for months. I mean, I didn't even pray to anything or ask for any kind of something outside of myself for a while. Did you consider that? I did consider... It didn't really even dawn on me for weeks... I, w I thought it was just chemical. There's something I should, can do to fix this here. Something, you know. And nothing would, would, would fix it. I remember we talked at that time. Yeah. I, I remember I was... Oh, yeah. I, I just moved you out from... of my parents' house for yeah. the first time. I was living in college at this house. And, yeah. you know, it was, you were very dark. And you would oh. let, let your fingernails grow out. And oh, I, I lost seven pounds. I mean, hair. And, I, and I'm thin out. as it is, so I didn't eat. I didn't have any appetite. I didn't have any desire either. So no yeah. sense. There's no desire no appetite. So at that point, you're, I'm basically a mannequin. I was reduced to what science would call me. Hollow A shell, hollow shell, shell of, of material right. nothingness, you know. Surviving, knowing Surviving, how to survive. Exactly. I mean, just total like, you know. But without the will to live and reproduce. Well, no, I had a will. I mean, I, I had the ability to assert myself and I could do... Technically, the biology, everything did was there. You, did, did you lose all your sexual desires, or you still? Have yeah, no, 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 there was none. No sexual. Desires. I mean, I could look at a, a, a woman and, and, and assert that she's probably attractive. Yeah, right. assert it and see it. Right. But there was no feeling. Right. I was on my way to, to school. I had my life ahead of me. I'm 18 years old. You know, I'm enrolled in this this pilot program at a, you know prestigious university, and I was all you know feeling that I was on my way somewhere. You know, I don't know where I was going anyway, but. 
Nothing that matters. You know, I, I, I was doing a, you know, a confluence of media, technology and music and all that stuff. I, 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 I wanted to find a way to integrate them all, you know. So that was the most hopeful program for me that I was going to. But I had to drop out. You know, I could sit there and, and pretend that, that I was able to, you know, care, care about anything. Were you still gleaning understanding from what they were teaching? I could, I, I could, but it got to the point where even that, because so much of that is actually tied to your ability to be interested. Yeah, you have to care. To, you have to, to care. actually learn. Yeah, I mean, you're right. You know, internally, there's no desire to even move. Right. You know, effectively, desire is to move and do and get up and go because you feel something, whatever, some spark in you to do it. Right. You know? So that was the whole issue for me. So I'm like that for, for a while. And, and then I, at one point I did actually just cry out brutally for help to God. But I want, I specifically said, I want a sign that, that there's something, my whole issue is I don't want to believe without a sign mm-hmm. of some kind that, that, cause I, I don't feel it's right to forsake the logic center up here. You have a scientific mind yeah, and you need empirical I, evidence. Yes. I need evidence that there's something to, that I should be, you know, and that was actually my first thing. I just give me some signs, something that you're there, something. So I, I, I got a couple things that, that for me were, were pretty, pretty intense, you know, um, First thing is I, you know, I went to some service somewhere and ran into a woman in a wheelchair. She started just talking to me out of nowhere, and she was very friendly and said, if she had like an accent, she's like, "Honey, I know what you're going through." She just started talking like that. This was a church service. This was a church service. Why, yeah. why? Why did you end up there? My parents were trying to take take me somewhere. Got you. Yeah, to a place maybe I could, you know. My mom was really. Uh, knew that it was spiritually, there was a spiritual component to it. Um, so she was insistent on it. So I, I said, hey, at that point... I didn't, you didn't give a fuck about anything no, I didn't at nothing. that point. So no, they, yeah, I'm you're like, whatever. I'm yeah. just get me... So you, you go there. The yeah, so the, when she starts talking to me, you know, you know, oh, honey, I know what you're going through. I'm like, what? And I said, oh, honey, you know, you... You, you you lost your senses. You 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 um you can't th- you can't feel anything. She started describing my stuff. <laughs> I'm like, what? What are you, are you kidding me? She's like, oh, honey, yes, this happened to me 28 years ago. I had to relearn how to listen to music again. I'm like, what? You don't learn how to listen to music. It works. Right. You know the basic preferential system of turning on music and enjoying it is not something you learn. It just works. Kids have it when they're you know, in a crib, you know? Yeah. So she was scaring me. Oh, she's like, honey, oh, I had to, you know. She's like, you just, huh, just promise me you don't jump off a cliff. <laughs> or something she like that. She said it. Yeah. And she's all gnarled up in a wheelchair, you know, and, and talking to me like this. Oh, I'm like, weird and creepy. Really crazy. <laughs> yeah. And I'm looking like this. Man. And yeah. I'm like, I knew something was up by the way she's talking. There's no way she could have known any, you know. I mean, this, this is a woman who talked to no one, knew nobody. Right. I didn't, you know. Right. She's telling me all this stuff. I'm like, whoa. And she goes, she goes, oh, honey, I, I, I didn't believe in anything. Like, I, I used to read Nietzsche. And, and she didn't believe. She was there and didn't believe in anything. She was like a total, like an agnostic. like Even, it, even at that point? At that point. She wasn't a believer in anything. Weird. Totally weird, you know. What was she doing at church then? I don't know. Somebody took her, I think, because to get a miracle. She was all like... I see. Yeah, she was, was like one, a quadruple. This was one of those churches that was like, get prayed for, have a miracle. Yeah, have miracle a miracle deal. Got it. Exactly. Yeah, so she's sitting there, you know, and, and, and I'm looking at her like, 
You mean to tell me you're in that wheelchair and you're bound up like this and you have what I'm, what, you know, what I'm experiencing on top. Like, where are you? Do you exist? Do you have any, you can't even move on top of having no life. Right. Double. On top of having no desire. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm like, what are you, uh, literally some, some, you know, X4000 robot. But she was suggesting some sort of that, supercomputer. She, that she got her senses back. She wasn't. That's what was freaking me out. Wait, she claimed that she relearned. She taught herself. I, I, to be honest with you, I don't think she could have possibly had what I had to that extent. Maybe I don't even know if it was similar. Maybe she just—I don't know what she had. Completely. But she had taught herself like an autistic person teaches themselves how to interact with people. Yeah, like on that, like how to pretend that you're alive when you're right. actually a, a, clinically a robot. Right at that point. Whatever she was saying, it's freaked me the heck out. Like, that's no way is that going to be my future. I, I'm going to be dead. I'm not going to be able to last too long on, you know, here. Where you were at. I mean, I, I, if I had no family, nobody, I mean, I would have had to have taken, you know, pulled the plug. Yeah. Here's my confusion, though. Yeah. If she knew all this about you, she obviously was a prophet of some sort. It, so, you would but, think but, but, so. Yeah, she claims to not believe in anything, but how does then she's telling you about yourself? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And she obviously has a spiritual. She had obviously that she, does. That she's not acknowledging. Per- perhaps, perhaps you don't know. I, mean, I didn't know who she was. She could have been lying to me. She could have been some you know prophetess who knew stuff. You know, I don't. I. It's crazy. Now it gets weirder because that turned your head. Totally. Words. Yeah. Because this is after I you know had screamed out to you know something. Yeah. And you don't think your parents set her up? No. No. Definitely not. That would be pretty weird. It would be weird, but it's all I can imagine. You know, my, my mind is logical. I can't right. help thinking of possibilities beyond the spirit. That's, that's how my mind works. The way she was talking, no. I, I know that. I mean, you would have, you know, sure, I would imagine, sure. I would be in your city, sitting yeah. there and I would be thinking the it same thing. It doesn't seem like you're something your parents would do. Yeah, no. Yeah. They would never, they yeah. don't even think that way yeah. at all. No, no. No, because here's what happened. She's like this in this chair and all bound up. And I can see that she's all gnarled and, you know. And, and somebody ends up going over to her and praying for her. And she gets up. Bullshit. I kid you not. <laughs> really? No, I kid you not. And she's totally whacked out. Like, totally whacked out. When she got, she gets out of the chair. She gets out of the chair. And she's totally incredulous. And you don't you know, think it was some kind of parlor trick with the with the preacher and her, some kind of... I gotta tell you something. When you're in that state, all I know is, this is what happened to me. You know, you, you, you your mind will always try to rationalize it. Right. Yeah. When you're sitting in my position and you're dead. Yeah. And this is going on. And you can read when something's real. You know, I have a good BS. Yeah, yeah, if you're close to it, you can read. You can it. see yeah. and you can read. Right. And I could tell this woman... Was not acting. Yeah. Personally. Yeah, I mean, my, my, you know, Scott and Tara's daughter, I mean, that story yeah. still haunts me because yeah. she was deaf. That's true. Yeah. And That's she was right. a kid, right. seven years old, yeah. went through one of these things. Right. And got it up. Right. And on the way home, yeah. she's like, I got to yeah. turn my hearing in. Everything's so yeah. loud. And all of a sudden, she could hear. Wow. wow. Like, that's not fake. I know, no, I know them. I know her. Right. They're not part of any setup. Right. Know? Yeah, exactly. So, it's crazy stuff. It's crazy. You know? So, so, I mean... So you know at that so I knew at that point something was going on because I knew that somebody something was trying to talk to me on some plane but I didn't like what I was hearing completely because this woman got healed physically here but wait a minute what about all the other problems you know 
in the world or, or no, spirit in, with her with her you know ability to her senses and all I the see. other stuff you know right. she got out of the wheelchair but what about everything else I imagine that stuff would come around I would I would hope so <laughs> I mean how, how do you know that she didn't get healed of those too she could have I don't she was still talking well, she crazy. was she was like is it, she said honey is this real you know is it you talked to her after yeah, she got out of the chair she's like yeah she didn't really have anything to say after that, After she was that. pretty awestruck. It was like what? two people that had the same mindset me- me- mentally about things. And we're both looking at each other. You know, I could get emotional because I knew at that moment, we both knew that there was something going on. That's not just what's observable. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it gave me a hope inside me. At that moment, I knew that there was order to what was going on in me. That was outside of my control. So I was more at peace with the fact that at least I feel that there's some reason for this. There's some captain guiding this shit. Exactly. There's something here that I'm not just, not some wayward thing swimming around with absolutely no intention or reason. Right. You know. And, and at the, even though I couldn't feel anything, it's almost like the computations in me were excited. <laughs> you know, like, like if I... Like, all the mechanism was there to get excited, but there was no feeling. So it was like... But it's, it's still... It, it was it enough got, It got your attention. It got my attention enough so I could... That was the first thing that happened. So that was the first thing, and I knew that... I just knew that um, something was up. Well, what was the clincher like then? Okay, so but so I, so I after I got home... Just tell us the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not trying to stay up too late, but I, yeah. and I don't want you to rush through it, but, but maybe pick, like... Just a couple things that happened. Yeah. I, it's another thing that happened to me. And, and, and you know, um, it, there's certain things that you can you, you could deduce as coincidence or chance, you know. But for me, they weren't because they spoke to me at, at a plane where, you know, I... I uh, what's this crazy thing I did? I was laying down cause I, and, and doing nothing for hours on end, just laying in a dark room. So in a temp- And you, would you do that often? Oh, all day. Yeah. At night, did nothing. Just sat, sat in the bathtub, turned the hot water on. Because, like, the hot water would be a little bit more stimulating physically for some reason. I could feel the hot water. It, you know, it's better than nothing, you know. Yeah. You derived pleasure a little bit from Well, I would say, to, I would say registration. I couldn't even say it was pleasure. It was more occupation and more distraction than pleasure. Yeah. You know. It was a difference. Like, I would go back and forth, you know, from nothingness to, to hot water. You know, that sounds crazy. Yeah. But that, that's how severe it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. So I was laying down. I grabbed the phone and just picked it up and randomly just, just dialed the number. And, and, and just in an accent, just to see if I could amuse myself and make myself laugh. <laughs> I said, hey, it's Tony there in an Italian voice. And the guy goes, oh, Tony, he's on it right now. Can I take a message? Uh, I said, okay. Um, I didn't mean to do that. I, I just was picking a random name, you know, so I just put the phone down. And uh, so that's, that's a weird coincidence. Yeah. So I just picked it up again. I just dialed another random number. Uh, I said, uh, hey, it's, t- uh, uh, you know, hey, it's Tony there. In a little slightly different voice. And, right. the, guy, and the guy goes, uh, uh, my brother? No, he just stepped out. Can I take a message? What? <laughs> different guy, different number. Different wow. Number. 
Were they were they uh, local numbers? No, they were just well, I dialed one something. Yeah, nine one seven. You know, whatever. Just yeah. totally random. Yeah, I don't know any Tonys. Right, except right, for right. my mom. Your mom. Yeah. Did you try a third time? Well, I'm I'm looking at the phone. I'm like, that didn't just happen. You know, you, you just your mind it right. kicks in and kicks in a logical mode. It's like right. this just didn't happen. You know. So I I did. I said, <laughs> this is not gonna. Happen. I just picked it up again. And I dialed a totally random number again. I said, hey, it's Tony there. And the guy goes, this is he. <laughs> and I froze. And I took the phone and I put it down. You, did, you didn't try to talk to him? I didn't talk to him, no. I didn't. What does that mean? Well, it meant, it meant to me that, I mean, the chances of that, if you were to, you know, work out that... You know, that it's, math it's not a dice roll. Is what is what it's not you're a saying. dice roll. You, well, you're talking about one in probably God knows. I mean, how many? Think about permutations or com- whatever combinations. Right. Right. You know, one right. in how many different phone numbers? How many different times names w- are there in exactly. the United States? Time, have, exactly yeah. times one times that three times. Right. You know what I'm saying? So your denominator is like trillions of zeros yeah. or something. Yeah. You, know. you never told me that one. Or, no, the, or I the wheelchair. All the ones you told me. I know. I, did, I, I didn't. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff, basically. There's a lot of stuff. So I know. A I number know. of things kept happening I something over this about pride and like... Well, yeah. So here's, here's, here's the other thing. Well, first of all, I before this all happened to me, I had a heart change in me of attitude. Because I was massive truth seeker and wanted to know reality... To such a degree, I was so angry that I did not know that I started to turn into a a level of unbelief inside me that was like, I would consider it almost inhuman in a sense. I was sort of... Extreme angsty. Extreme anger to a point where I was sacrificing my humanity, the like, what I would call like the pilot light of humanity inside you, the love, the personage. Right. The, the deepest recesses of my being was starting to turn like really like not right. And I remember, I remember the moments. In fact, we were at the Messiah conference. Mm-hmm. Remember that, that girl I was trying, I was, we were getting to the point where we were arguing with that one girl. I don't know if you remember. I do. I, I remember yeah. that. And I was really, I was like trying, I was using my mind reasoning capability they couldn't. They couldn't handle everything. No, I was. It was. I, it, was t- it was really. It was wrong. Because I was trying to dissuade simple yeah. people. I was. It was. Yeah, and yeah, it's gross. Just so I just have to say like, on tape, she gross. Was like fourteen. Yeah. Like yeah. And I was trying and sure. <laughs> and this poor innocent girl, you know, just was wanted hope and you know and and wanted to believe, and my mind was at war with the faith element right. so intensely. That I wanted to dissuade her from believing in the most innocent of senses. I'm like, you don't have proof. Proselytizing disbelief. Exactly. And it wasn't from a heart of evil. It was from a heart of truth. But, you know, it's almost like truth on a twisted plane where, like, you, I'm trying to, like, kill the, you know, the, 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 the innocent belief system that every, like, humanity has, that we all have, you know. Even when someone says, well, I don't believe it. It's not like what I'm about to share, which is I was in a restaurant. This was probably a few months into it. And I was, and it was um, a few months into the blog, being, being, the in, being in this yeah, place, the robot, whatever. the robot yeah. state. Yeah. And um, I got up from the dinner table 
I was with my folks, and this this was really harrowing, uh, scary. I got up from the dinner table and started to walk towards the bathroom, and all of I, all of a sudden I heard behind me, "Hey you," and I said, "What?" And I turned around, and it was a table in a corner. With it was dark, kind of darkly lit, and there was a one single light there, and an old guy. Yeah, this guy was like he had a you know a cigarette and in in, in a drink, and he was all he looked like the devil in, in a movie. Yeah, you know, I mean, just I and I looked at him, I'm like, yeah, because he said, you know, hey, you, and I'm turned around. He goes, and he had a Greek accent, you know. He's like, he's like, hey, you come over here. You got a problem with the Mediterraneans. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm, I'm, the, I'm half Italian, half Jewish. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't. So, 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 go on. He has, yeah. So he's like, he, he's like, hey, you come on over here. I got nothing to lose. I don't care. I don't care. I'm like, maybe he'll take me out. You know, like as in shoot me. Right. <laughs> right. You know, I don't care. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I walk over to him. He goes, hey, you, you, uh, you in college? I said, uh, no. Uh, at that point, I had dropped out. He goes, why aren't you in college? And I'm like, uh... So he's getting all intense with me. Right. And I'm like, uh, right now, I just can't go right now. I'm thinking about maybe, you know, where you think, oh, he goes, listen, you need to go to college. College, you know, is everything. Education, you, what you want. He's getting really charismatic with me about it. What he was saying was ticking me off because I believe I agreed with him. I'm like, I should be in college. You're darn right. I'm not going to tell you right now that I have anhedonia and ready to like, you know, collapse in front of you. You know, I don't want to get into that with you. Right. I don't know your name. Yes, sir. You're correct. You're exactly. You know. So he's telling me this stuff. I'm like, um, I said, uh, and for some reason, I just started asking him questions. I said, well, um, I said, well, what do you believe? He goes, oh, you know, I, I believe. I guess I believe in God. Points, you know, like to, to his heart, and he was, I, you know, and I said, "Oh, really?" I said, "Really?" I said, "You believe in the, you believe in the Bible?" And he said, "You know," he goes, "Peter, Paul are there, and a few clouds, you know." He goes, "I don't believe in in, uh, in anything, you know." He, I, he said, "I believe in the Ten Commandments, you know." But you know, I said, "Oh, really?" I said, "Do you believe in the, the whole afterlife thing?" And he starts to get really intense on me. He, I said, I said, you know, you know about heaven. He goes, yeah, you don't want to go to heaven. I, and, and the difference between this guy and like a normal person is that he was really intense. He really was trying to dissuade me from it. This guy had a pernicious, deliberate quality to him. He goes, you don't, you don't want to go to heaven, Peter, Paul, a few clouds. You, you don't want to go there. He goes, you want to go to hell. That's where the parties are. Huh? And, and I, I'm like. Really? He goes, oh, yeah. He says, you go, see, everyone's going to die. Everyone's going to be there. That's where you want to go. And, and then I tell you, he's telling me this in a, in a way where he wants me to, to join him. This guy's like an evangelist from some other right. plane. Right. He goes, he takes his wallet out. He goes, he says, you see this picture? He says, this, my father was an Orthodox priest. Picture's like, you know, 70 years old. Right. You know? This guy's like, like 75 or something. He goes, I got two, two sons. They both in college, both lots of money. Hi. Hi, you gotta have your door shut. Oh, sorry. That was adorable. That was crazy. Sorry.
So, yeah. go on. So he, so he goes, um, you need to go to college. You need to have lots of money, lots of sex, lots of women. I got two sons. He, this guy's like going nuts. He's losing his mind. He jumps up. He's got his wallet. He starts pointing to his father. Like now, my dad is is a pre, you know, you know, like your guy, you know, yeah. you know, it's the same. He jumps out and he's doing this, and you feel like there should be flames behind him, and like, you know, like he's, you know, he's getting all intense. And I and I'm just I'm just throwing these sort of neutral comments at him that are really innocent, you know. He's like, on he starts swearing. He's like, you know, and he, and he, and so and then he just walks away and he gets and he grabs the phone. He's like jumping up. And like dialing, he's like a maniac. Yeah. And at that, while your parents are sitting several tables. Yeah, they say you know, several tables away. You know. Huh. Oh, I I knew instantly that something was angry. Don't eat the hummus. Yeah. <laughs> no, really. So I knew something. Something was angry at my attitude. Bad. It wasn't had nothing to do with the Bible or beliefs or anything. Somebody did not, I knew inside me, I felt that I was being rebuked. You mean your detached attitude, some, something was... Not even, no, my, my, no, that the Analytical attitude. attitude. No, the, the attitude I had before going into this thing where I was trying to dissuade that girl. I see. This was me 40 years later. I see, I see. That's the sense I got, and I knew it. Yeah. It shook me. At that moment, I felt fear for the first time. Right. I got the real deep sense within me that this guy wasn't really human. Like, like something went wrong where this guy became an evangelist for disbelief in the face of even the possibility of it being true. He wasn't even reasonable, is my point. He, he, he lost reason. Right. He lost why, if you will. Right, you know? right. I mean, there was, no, there was no reason left to that guy. Yeah, I mean, you see that with older people, they go one direction or the other sometimes. You do. In my context, though, it was different. Yeah, I'm not saying... And, 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 that, yeah. and that's, you know, like, sure, an old, old deranged man or something, you know. But regardless, I mean, that, that's interesting that, yeah. that, that older people start out with certain yeah. intentions and yeah. over time those intentions turn different. It wasn't like he was just uh, a doubter. It he wasn't. Was, he was like pining for you to doubt with him somehow. Yeah, I, I, I would say pining. I'd say that would be a, a real light. I would say Mild. yeah. I would say like he was desperately he, clawing at clawing you. at me to become yeah. uh, disbelieving on a plane that wasn't human. It just was. It just just literally struck me as is inhuman. Like don't. I would say evil. He yeah. struck me as evil. Like, I don't use that term often, but this guy really, you know, hmm. was evil to me. And it freaked me out, yeah. you know, because there was not a stitch of innocence in that guy, you know. Somebody who wants truth and goodness and reason is automatically on some plane innocent. You want to know what is, you know what I'm saying? If you had an apple in front of him, you said, this is an apple, it ain't an apple. Right. It's an orange that kind of craziness. Yeah, I mean, you you see that a lot with people that are really drunk, or which he might have been. Which he might have been. Again, you you, you can write it off as uh, as anything, yeah. but at the same time, I also knew in the context of where I am, I I just I felt like I was looking. It was. At, it felt like a sign to you. Yes, it felt like a sign. It seems like there were a lot of pieces fitting together that were obviously all together. Yes, and I, I knew this was. I knew that. I knew that that was a message to me about humility of heart like that I was not gentle 
I was, I was becoming a brute inside of wanting truth at the expense of the gentle human person. Meekness, which is basically gentleness, you know, was something that you need to I don't want to be this. I need to be more meek. Yeah, I need, some, something is tied to the way I am and the fact that my heart's attitude is not need, needs to change. Something needs to change inside me about the way that I believe. Or that, that, that I'm not at least going in the dissuading, proactive mode of dissuading or proactively, you know. Yeah. Shortly, shortly after that, I ended up going to KeyBank to, to get um, a new ATM card. Mm-hmm. And you remember this? I remember this, yeah. yeah. And I walked in, and uh, I was sitting in the office and contemplating how I, I either want to be dead or out of this really soon, you know. How many months in? This is like six months in okay. this at this point, I think. I was in at that place for a total of about seven months. Okay. A woman hands me my ATM card with a sheet. And it says, the secret word to access your ATM card is, spelled out, M-E-E-K. Mm. And as soon as I read it, I just, you know, again, you're in my shoes. And you're seeing these signs over and over again. And I, at that point, I screamed out and I said, you know, can you help me? To God. Yeah, to God. You know, I, I, need, I, need, I need a mind. I said, any mind. Just give me a mind. Give me humanity back. And you knew it would involve a, a meekness that you had not I knew, had before. Yeah, I just knew. I knew. I knew I needed inter- intervention. I, at that point, I was meek. At that point, I was broken and really wanted just to just help me. You know, I was on. I was on a, a plane where I just. I was going to need a, some sort of metaphysical or divine intervention. And I knew. I knew that who or what or was talking to me had the key to it. And this is again coming at a scientific mind, Someone which was God or whatever you. Yeah, at that moment. Yeah, I mean, I would call it God. I mean, I would call God at that point. And you. do you feel like throughout your childhood and growing up, you you had a pridefulness or or a like the opposite of meekness? Um, I, I I took a, a a refuge in knowledge and truth and science. You you had a, a pride in, in 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 knowing things and yeah I had I had a I'd say a pride I mean I'd say an identity in knowing things like and 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 what about being a virtuosic in piano did that did that and, and in music oh, sure and, yeah you, you, you had take, you had perfect pitch you, you had take, you know yeah, I mean like yeah you take refuge in your abilities and knowledge and all that stuff it's all sort of wrapped up. Right, you know, and what reasoning and you knew you needed the opposite of that. You needed yeah, I knew humility. Whatever. You needed yes, but, but I want to stress that that up until you know I was eighteen, prior to falling into this, probably the summer of ninety six, I was in a, I had a normal sense of pride and stuff. You know, like everybody does in what they do. You know, and it, there's a healthy pride that you take in what you sure. do. You know, it's part of you know accomplishing and feeling that you did the right job. Or whatever. Absolutely. Um, and that's part of what life is here. Uh, that was a distinctively different road I was going down that was not that. Uh, that where I was starting to internalize a degree of anger at not knowing. That was starting to get proud on a point that was not good. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is you start, if you're not humble and you're not truthful, the opposite of that is pride to a point where you're so proud. You're not reasoning. The guy that I ran into was so proud, he couldn't even reason. There was so, he was right. so arrogant, you couldn't reach him at all. 
Probably mm-hmm. drunk. What, whether it Probably was a spiritual drunk. thing or not, Correct. I, mean, I don't know. But Correct, because you, you could be drunk and you could... I've seen lots of people with that... Exactly. Someone of that mind state, yeah. Although, and I have too. Yeah. But this guy was at a place where he was the owner of the restaurant, and I knew he was cognizant enough that what was going on there wasn't just pure drunkenness, and you'd yeah. have to see it to fully appreciate it. Yeah. It was like grotesque. Yeah. The guy had no heart. He had no soul. It Don't was... eat the food after that. That's the thing. Is like yeah, really. Exactly. I didn't know he was the owner of the restaurant. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, because he got up and went behind the bar and grabbed right. the phone and started right. taking. You know, that is a Greek restaurant. It was a Greek restaurant. Yeah. yeah. So there were, there were there there were there were other signs like all the way through it. Like, uh, what was the last one? straw? Well, there was just one other quick one. I yeah. said, you know, I, I I just laying on the floor. I you know, I I uh, picked up a pencil. And I just held it in my hand a certain way. And uh, immediately I was struck. I was thought of, I'm going to call him John Doe for the re- purpose of the recording. John Doe's handwriting from from elementary school just popped into my some, head. Some old friend you had in elementary school. Elementary, yeah. Years and years and years I hadn't seen ever since like the second, third, what, fourth grade or whatever. He had distinctive handwriting? He had, no, it wasn't, that, it wasn't actually his handwriting I thought of. It was the way he held a pencil. Okay. Which was very weird. I just remember it. Literally, within moments after that, I got a phone call, and my friend, who was trying to be the best friend he could be, you know, said, uh, let's go down to the pizza joint and get something to eat, you know. I said, all right, let's put my clothes on. We got down, we drove down, we walked in, you know, as soon as we walk in, I walk in, who's right there? Oh, wow. Wow. You had to see him in how many years? I had years, years. What, 10 years, 15 <laughs> yeah, years? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And you hadn't even thought about it. No, no, time. nothing. I, no, not at all. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you got to be joking. That didn't just happen. I mean, that was really heavy duty. Like, yeah. I knew at that point there was a data stream happening. That's not physic completely here. Like, I knew that there was something going on that was, you know. You feel like God was, that was the sign. This guy's just over and over showing over you and this over is again. not chance. Yeah, this is not chance is the issue. That okay, this is outside of my control. Well, then I had I knew at that point I have to just wait then, because if I'm in this place and it's out of my control, well then coming out of it is outside of my control, you know. So I had to wait. How I, did you get out? Well, that's that's the very interesting story. March twentieth, nineteen ninety seven, right on the equinox, spring equinox, first day of spring. Um, right around when I went vegetarian. Hmm. Anyway, I started for the first time. In seven months, feeling movement that, like, you know, like I felt like thoughts were actually starting to shift and there was like some living something happening. And, and I started writing stuff down, like that just started coming out of me that really hit at naturalistic philosophy and, and what I would consider to be the faith based component of that. It was answering my questions logically about why I knew in my heart or spirit that it was not fully the full picture, you know. That a, na- a naturalistic way of thinking Yes, a naturalistic was not, was not, pro- it was not fully what was going on. Because a fully naturalistic way would not acknowledge any, anything higher, right. no sure. data, no nothing. Sure. You know? Do you still have that? I do have paper it, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so when I was done with it, I had a 10-page paper in my hand that was really compelling to the mind, that was really like anti-evolutionary, you know. And I gave it to a bunch of people... I gave it to some scientific heads. You typed it up? Yeah. And gave it to some professors and different people, and nobody had a real answer to it. Huh. It was like, I knew that the people I gave it to, they were like, uh, like they couldn't, you know, 
it, it was it was really kind of a a real mind piece that I, I knew at that point I knew I couldn't have written it, especially in that state. I so when I was done with it. I had something that would have required a tremendous amount of thought. And I wrote this thing really quick. You feel like it had clarity to it? or was Oh, it, it had a lot of clarity. Yeah. I mean, it came through me like a melody. And I knew I was not in a place. I had no life in my mind. I had no emotion. I had no desire, no nothing. I, I couldn't have even articulated the depth of those thoughts at that point. At that point. I knew the order that that came from didn't come from a place of conscious mechanical thinking, you know. There was this guy at RPI that was a super mind guy, you know, with philosophical. RPI, you, you worked there? Yeah, R, no, R, yeah, RPI was the college I was going to. Got it, got yeah, it. That I dropped out of. He's like, it's a logical trap I can't get out of. Like, I have to believe, like, you know, he felt like I have to believe that there's a higher order from it. It's like, it's like, you know, put him in a place that was uncomfortable. Like, this is logically must be reality. Right. Know? So, so I knew at that point something's up. This guy's responding like this, and I'm still in this state, and I got this paper. But you, you felt like you were creeping out of the state. I assume if you, if you had the. Well, I knew something was up. Yeah. Because I didn't was feeling any. I, you I, still I, didn't feel good. No, I felt still the same. I just felt up here some activity. Yeah. Some pistons were. Pistons were firing. Firing. I'm just going to sort of abridge it to 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 get to to get to the to, to the bottom line of it. Um, at that point, I knew that there was going to be some connection between this paper and my, and my coming back alive, mm -hmm. basically. So I started reading the paper out loud. I called someone and started reading them the paper. Me. You read me the paper. I read you the paper too? Yeah. Oh, you do? Okay. Oh, yeah. You yeah. called me. I, I called you, you up. reading things that, I that were crazy. I didn't understand it. Yeah. I mean, it was out there. I mean, it made sense. What was your impression at the time? I want to know size impression at the time. Well, I mean, I already knew you were in this terrible place. Yeah. And we had talked two or three times <laughs> over those seven months. And yeah. briefly, I mean, I just felt bad for you. I yeah. Mean, I thought you were just in a terrible depression. <laughs> it was in my mind. And then it was like um, manic. Like, all of a sudden, yeah. you call me and you're like, this you have to hear. And like... It, yeah, it, well, that's that seemed like. I mean, you weren't. You didn't read me the whole paper. Obviously, yeah. you just read portions. It, it seemed like. I think I read it to you really after academic. Yeah, uh, stuff. It was a super, but, you know, yeah. I, I was probably stoned. And Neither desire or I are, are equipped mentally. Yeah, I mean, I, I think no, I understand. I think I think you would have jazz schooling. Yeah, I wasn't quite in the, in the mind. I mean, I, I I have a logical mind. Yeah. but I think you, you could know, have understood it. I didn't read the whole paper. Anyway, I remember you calling me and reading reading portions of it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was a bit afraid of you at that time. What, what, what I called you mostly, and I read the paper to you after what happened to me on March twentieth, was I knew something. the The spiritual scenario that was going on in me was unbelievably dark. I knew when I was reading this paper to to a guy on the phone, something was like happening. Who was the guy? I mean, he's a friend of the family. Got it. Of intellectual type. You know, that would appreciate it, you know. And uh, I knew at that point all hell was breaking loose. Something hit me. My mom was there. And I'm like, I didn't know what to do. And my mom's like, she's like, Jordan, go play the music to God and he'll deliver you. Right. I somehow, what she said made sense. I have to get up. I was in the basement. I have to get to my piano yeah. and just play this music 
And I, I just had faith that that moment, <laughs> something was going to change. I didn't know what. I, something's going to, something different's going to happen here. You know, <laughs> something. I'm either going to die or I'm going to live. Had right. you tried to play the piano during those seven Yeah, just, just like playing a block of wood. So you would 13 years of music gone. Pieces yeah. that... You oh, yeah. Just mechanic. It was like a computer processing right. Right. data. So you go up to the piano. So I go... I make my way up to the piano. It was like, you know... It was it was an extraordinarily intense scenario to get to the piano. Right. Like a, like a bride down the aisle. It was <laughs> like a bride down the aisle, yeah, I guess. Like, I mean, it was a bride that doesn't want to... Well, that... Yeah, that was... Exactly, yeah. A bride that down the aisle, but... One that's in shackles, trying to get out of the shackles. You right. Know. But at that point, because I couldn't feel anything, still, so I couldn't even feel excitement. I just knew I had to. I had to like fake it till I make it. You felt an impulse. To an impulse that. to get there. Yeah. I knew I got to get to the piano and do this. So I, I got up there, and I started playing major triad chords. You know. Root third fifth, kind yeah. Of root stuff. third yeah. fifth, just yeah. like over and over again. And as I was playing these notes in real time, I am feeling like unbelievable degrees of like I can I can't even explain. It's like something you see in a movie with like special effects. Like you know, the inside of me was just like coming unleashed, being unshackled, if you will, from whatever the heck was going on. You know, and I'm playing and playing. After like, I don't know, the 10th or 15th time I'm hitting them, all of a sudden I could feel the chords. And I'm like, well, you have to be joking. At that moment, I was like, wait, it's actually happening. Yeah. I'm actually hearing the triad. I'm feeling it for the first time in seven months. Yeah. And then finally I got to the place where I started to play a melody slowly, you know, like for the first time. I'm like, oh my God. I'm feeling these notes. So so I ended up playing the whole piece and I felt everything. Like, improvising a piece. Yeah, improvi- it was a piece uh, that uh, a guy I knew wrote. Okay, okay. Yeah. It was called The Love of God. Okay. Yeah. By uh, Marty Getz. Okay. Yeah. It's a beautiful song. I, it's, just, it's just the melody that came to me was the, you know, the love. I felt lo- like, you know, like love and life. I'll play it here. It'll, this, it'll be playing right now. Yeah. <laughs> So, so I, yeah, I played it. Did you ever tell Marty that this? Yeah, I did. And I got up, and all of a sudden I went, "Ugh!" I could taste in my mouth, like for the first time. I'm like, I, I could brush my teeth. Yeah, I felt like my teeth were like, like I'm like, "Ugh!" <laughs> and I could smell myself, like. And you let yourself go unkempt, kind of deal. A little bit, you know, more. Yeah, I mean, like my eyes, like I could when I could I could hear and 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 see and derive. Uh, a baseline of, of preferential, what I would call the human thing that transcends material, if you will. And so I, I, I got, and I stood you up. Were, and you I, were coming to, so to speak. Basically it's coming to. smelling salt. Exactly. Yeah. Like you're coming, coming to. Yeah. I, I was totally exhausted. I felt like someone just vacuumed my spirit out of me. So I was like, oh my God, this is, un-, you know. And then, right after, I got completely vacuumed. This unbelievable degree of force came in to me of life that I can't even like like you can't even imagine like what what it would feel like like you know like you haven't had water in days 
and all of a sudden, like, you were just drenched with gallons in my being. And I jumped up, you know, in a, in a Prell commercial, you know, you know, like one of those deals where, like, you know, someone shakes. And goes like, you know, you're like, yeah. or whatever. I just I got this you know, vision of one of those commercials where someone's, like, yeah. totally invigorated. Right. Like, you're totally alive. Like, oh, my God, what just happened to me? And I felt all this electricity in my mind and notes and words and things. So it was like, and I was, at that point, I would consider myself, you know, you'd almost feel like, you know, kind of manic in a sense where it was like, holy moly, I'm totally electric and alive. Like, so I, so I went from a place of like negative 50 and not back to my neutral self, but like from negative 50 to, to positive 50 just like that. Right. You know, Resur- I would consider it basically next to being resurrected from the dead. You know, I was a conscious rock and I was breathed life in and I felt like I was recreated from scratch. And I got up and my mind was able to think on a plane, even mathematically, like, like there was areas of my mind all of a sudden that I could like think and, and interlock and reason and stuff that I could never do before. Mm-hmm. And I sat down and played and I had a command. I mean, it was just, I, I could, and nothing, I didn't drink anything. I didn't take nothing. This happened at that moment right there on March 20th, 1997. At that point, I knew that, that it was the truth, that I knew that there was a God. There was, the term God actually can annoy me because it's got so many connotations. Right. You know, from, from you know. How would you, if you had a way of explaining it differently, how would you describe it? The parent spirit, the, the, you know, the problem is there's so many definitions in every religion. There's a term for all of it. I'm just going to say God because it's generic enough. But what does that, what does that mean to you? The, the control, the controlling element? The controlling element, the, the one who's over, that's looking over all of us. I, I don't always like generic terms because for me anyway, they bring connotations of things I, I, mm-hmm. that don't sit with reality or, or don't mm-hmm. sit with my, you know, mm-hmm. I'd be curious. Yeah. How, I mean, maybe. I don't, I honestly don't want to give any specific detail about it because, because it doesn't matter. Because what happens is if I say it's somebody or some name or a given name, I, I believe that it has nothing to do with the person, whether or not they can see it or not. And it's ultimately up to God to reveal to that person whatever it is. You start talking about knowledge and names and stuff, and that's not who God is. But is it more than uh, it's than, pure, the, than the say, collection of, of everything in the universe? I say you can't separate reality from God. Uh, that reality serves God, and God and reality are intertwined extraordinarily self. So God is 100% humble which means he's purely subservient to reality he's he so he allows reality to control him in a sense he only does things in the context of reality he's purely truthful when you're purely truthful you're waiting for reality you're in reality <laughs> so you're you not are, you are real you are you're not you're not creating your own so god lives fully in reality you know and he's fully purely humble and truthful so and he lives for love and pleasure so th- that's what it is. It's God being love and enjoyment on the purest of senses. I would call that holy, actually. But I'm there's just... many different kinds of enjoyment. Well, there, there is. And, you and, know, some and people, I, I, yeah, the devil's equated with, with right. pleasure or, or 
there is, and that gets complicated. And 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 I believe that God is sovereign over all of it anyway. That there's nothing, anything, or anyone can do that is outside of God's control and ultimately His permission. So whether or not you even believe in Him is ultimately up to Him. Whether or not you take a breath. So everything's predetermined. Predetermined. Yeah. Yes, it's predetermined. I believe the only thing you do have choice over is your ultimate hearts, like which where I was in, where you are either on or off downstairs in your heart. Open or closed? Open or closed. I've been working on that a lot. Everything else is sort of, and even that, God has to give you a desire to see it. As long as you're humble enough to want truth, that's all that matters, really. Because if you're humble enough to want truth, then God, who is truth, will reveal himself to you. That's all that matters. You know what I'm saying? It's not, there's nothing you can do about it Mm -hmm. other than be open. I don't even care about truth. That's the thing. I'm not, I'm not like you in terms of, you're you're like a logician, extremely, um, well, uh, if I might interact, philosophically intact. I'm not, well, here, here, I I want love. I actually, I actually want to, that's a good point. I actually don't believe truth exists in the material world. Yeah. And that it's actually the highest truth is that the truth doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Cause none of it matters. Right. That's, that's really what it comes down to. Nothing matters. So as soon as you care too much about the truth, yeah. you already don't have it. I just want peace and love. That's what it is. Yeah. See, cause it's the people that are all bent out of shape and needing truth. It, cause there's a derivative. The term truth means facts basically. Right. And, yeah, the, I mean, and the facts that's, don't, that's, they don't matter. I've always felt is that yeah. you can't ever know anything outside of what you know. Wait, that, what you and see, and even that you don't know. So, so exactly. people that believe you can't really believe anything. But, exactly. but, but I mean, having had the experience, I probably, had, I probably would believe what you yeah. believe if I had the experiences. Well, and, and that's exactly it. Ultimately, at the end of this, at the end of the day, I'm alive. And ultimately, I'm in, I'm in the same place of believing effectively that you have life and you have love. And the knowledge doesn't really matter. You know? I mean, there's pleasure in knowing stuff. Right, right. But that's and what it, it is. It's just it's, pleasure. You know, and it's, I guess you're it's right. another it's, it's, it's experience. A, a pleasure in, un, in understanding things and how, and how, how, and how work. the universe works a bit. Correct. Because humans were born with right. curiosity. I mean, if you we believe, have curiosity yeah. and we want to know. Like even if you believe like in a Garden of Eden type of paradise scenario, there wasn't any real knowledge there. You didn't right. really know much. Right. Tending the garden, just hanging around, and hanging around, and just enjoying yourself, smoking at herb. Exactly. You know? Basically, yeah. just not just eating the fruit. Just yeah. Just don't <laughs> eat of the fruit that makes you care about right. about all the other stuff. Right. Right. <laughs> it brings us back to where we started. Is it does. That's kind of strange. I was like a full circle. That's kind of strange, though. What? That well, you're here, not supposed to think and care. No, no, no. Well, this I mean, is. I'm see, simplifying. See, this I, is I, I, no, I, and this is my theory. Um, my in my understanding is that effectively the material world doesn't have a lot of worth to begin with. Obviously, God allowed them to eat of that tree because it's good. Ultimately, people don't think that it is, but God allowed them to eat of it so that you would think. Because ultimately, that's part of living here. There's nothing else to do. Well, I mean... But what? Glean, learn things? But learn stuff about your surroundings. Right. Get up and work. Do stuff. Yeah. So, 
when you're kicked out of a paradise situation where you don't have to think, you don't have to express yourself. You don't have to. You just right, there's nothing to being. do. Exactly. In heaven, you picture a, a, a situation where your environment and you are in pure harmony, where you're right. living in a melody, and you don't have to do anything. You don't have to right. think because but that's the animal kingdom minus the the, the killing and whatnot. I mean, right. that's if you look at animals, they, they correct. You know, I wouldn't say that. So I wouldn't them. say that animals are are in a state of of complete harmony or bliss. Well, that's I mean, what I said minus the killing and whatnot. Right. I mean, but, but that's but that's a big thing. What like, do you argue? That's total. That's sure. that's yeah. constant yeah. struggle. I mean, right. a, any yeah. animal or any exactly. life on Earth or Earth struggling is in constant survive. struggle to survive, right. which no. isn't For, really an including optimal, us. That's not an optimal state. If you lived in a state where you didn't have to care about surviving. You live in a state right. of pleasure. No, no, is your of course, purpose. animals. Yeah, animals have to survive. To survive. That's right. what they you can't do. take away because they're dying. Imminent death from. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If they were the self-sufficient, if they were self-sufficient, if they were self-sufficient, they wouldn't have to do that. Right. So an optimal state would be that that they don't die. You know, and the point is, is that if you believe that there's a curse on the earth that we do die, that ultimately we're not supposed to die. That the issue. Do you believe that? Yes, I believe. But what, uh, even I, your, your spirit doesn't. But what about your physical vessel? I mean, you you see that as being just connected to your spirit. Or what? Yes, I believe that that our bodies um, die, and that there's an eternal. And I, I, I I've been proven this empirically because I experienced it for myself. That there's something else going on here than just this stuff. You know? Right. I believe that whatever that stuff is, that fifth dimensional substance, if you will harkens back to a place that's not here that's some that's in another dimension you say back as in well it comes time meaning, or meaning, as in... meaning you know einstein said there's no distinction between past present and future right you know if you believe that time even time's an illusion in your head then ultimately there is no there's just now there's just an eternal now if you will and everything's happening now and, and that's what heaven is or something heaven is now that. yeah and and uh, it's an eternal place where there is no time. We can't even understand it because even our thoughts are intertwined with the concept of time. You can't even think. I can't go outside of time. You can't go outside of time. Who can't? Who can't? You can't because right now, what we just said happened before. It's part of our reasoning schema. You it's can't even think. It's everything we are. Everything, everything we are. Everything we think. We're it's ingrained, ingrained because ingrained we are within it. Because we're right. entwined and it's part of our being. We exist within exist. that. You we, can't we even are hear music without time. I mean, you think about time and notes over time, and they're processed, and they, you know, reach us. In this conversation, we go one at a time. Otherwise, we could exactly. Be, I could be talking exactly, and at the same time, we don't know what it what what it means to live in a place of timelessness, where your mind is able to process multiple a multiplicity of things simultaneously, and there is no distinction. Yeah. No, that's a deep philosophical That's another question. freaking wormhole. Oh, that's a total Speaking wormhole. of wormholes, which is another part of the, that yeah. whole conversation. But yeah, shit. <laughs> You've done it again. You've blown my mind again, Jordan, every time. Now, last time we talked, probably a year ago, mm-hmm. we think... talked for about four hours, I think. Three or four hours. Did we really? It was a long conversation. Oh, wow. We talked about a lot of stuff at that time. But one thing that struck me that you said, you know, so this is all kind of your past and everything that you're yeah. talking about. And I asked what's going on now, and we were talking about ambition and what we do, touring, mm-hmm. doing music, writing music. And you've always kind of written stuff, but I feel like you've never done a lot with it. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about that, and you mm-hmm. mentioned that you feel like you don't have an amb- you don't have ambition. Like you consciously don't want to. What it is is um, 
ever since I was a little boy, actually. I don't believe that this is real life uh, because it because it doesn't really involve my spirit on a daily basis. Spirit, the spiritual modality is one where you're engaged with desire and movement. The, the closest thing we have to it, I believe, is music. When music is correctly done, it moves you purely without effort. And it just goes into you and you are satisfied on a plane where you don't have to do anything. It changes your mentality. It changes your mentality and it, and it moves you at the deepest. When it's done right, it bypasses here and goes right mm -hmm. down to here. And I believe ultimately we are to live in a world in which stimulation is the rule of law versus work. My belief is that there's two basic pleasure centers. There's soul. And people kind of throw these terms around. But heart and soul. Soul and spirit, effectively. There's two different planes within What about us. the penis? I'm just well, you know. <laughs> That fits into spirit. <laughs> yeah. Pleasure center. Pleasure. Um, the living pleasure center is the spirit and, and is effortless. And the soul pleasure center is the animal pleasure center, which is the opposite of effortless. It's effort. What would fit into those two camps? The pure, the senses, if you will, are effort. The pure senses are effortless in nature. Inborn. Yeah. Like the, the ear, for example, music and you're listening. You don't have to do anything to be moved by music. It's one of the most effortless things you can do. You know, there's a little bit of it when you see something in your eyes, something beautiful, like for example, you see a beautiful woman or a man or whatever, and you instantly are taken by that beauty. And the, the essence of it is beauty. That's really what it comes down to. But that's intertwined with sexual attraction it is and a desire to, to it is. mate. It right? is. And that, I, and that gets complicated because I think there's an overlap there where it's that's sexuality. And that's that work and, and animalism. Exactly. That's where the spiritual modality of, of looking at it, at that point you're switching into the soul to do something with the physical. Because mm -hmm. there's no connection between the spirit and material. That would be spirial. It doesn't yet exist. Right? You have the material world, you have the spirit world. And they're two different planes. But we are sort of I mean, a high... you don't think they can be, they, they can be linked or... or no, I, th I think ultimately that... True love? I, I, well, I see, I believe, I believe in love. Like, your spirit can love another person's spirit. But the material plane, with respect to you deriving satisfaction from, this, from these nuts... You're actually not, you're actually not spiritual. Peanuts on the table. Okay, uh, it's peanut butter, right? <laughs> or this, peanuts for, exa for example, <laughs> this is the funniest thing. That was good. Um, there are peanuts on the table. Okay, there, there's an oats and honey, there's a, uh, uh, a um, granola bar. Okay? Yeah. Technically speaking, there's no connection between your spirit man and that granola bar. There's only... The taste, you can taste it. That's as far as it goes. But you're deriving pleasure not from the granola bar directly, but from what you're doing to the granola bar. You're putting it in your mouth and you're masticating, you're chewing. Right. And you're unlocking chemicals up here. But th those are, that's a sense, taste. It's a sense. The taste is the sense. But the act what you're doing to derive satisfaction from it is not actually spiritual. You are destroying it with your teeth and swallowing it. And ultimately... Couldn't that be a spiritual act, though? Well, 
I don't believe that your spirit at that point is is touching it. Your 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 dopamine or the chemicals in your head after you swallow, right, is triggering an ex- another chemical that's moving your soul. And the act of eating uh, is actually you're not really being moved by the granola There's directly. There's chemicals firing. There's chemicals firing. You, you should, yes, you should eat exactly. this. You enjoy After this. you've done work, you know, basic physics, after you've done work right, on it. Right, But the granola bar is not able to move your spirit directly right now. That's ultimately where we're going, I believe. A place where this can actually move you directly, where you don't, like music. Music goes in and it can actually, you feel it, bypass all of the mechanisms. But isn't it doing work? It's go- it is doing work in your ear. It your is doing work. Are firing. They're your, firing. You know, but but minimal, I, you're saying minimal work. Minimal work. Enough so that it gets past. And you can listen to music where it doesn't really reach you directly. It reaches, right. it reaches you on a plane that's at the soul level versus the spirit. You know what I'm saying? And, and when it's done right, it goes right in. Yeah. Pop, true pop music is that way. You know how everyone turns on like Michael Jackson or something, and you got a really good melody and a really good groove. And even those that say, oh, I don't really like it, the reality is you do like no it. No one doesn't. No one doesn't like it. <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, it's like, it's like you can see, see a beautiful woman or something. You may, might, she might not be completely your taste, but you can see that she's beautiful. Yeah. There's a form there, there's order. There's a, there's a baseline. Of Symmetry. Form. Symmetry. There's something there. There's some baseline. There's different preferences and different things here and there. But the spirit world is about order. The stuff that really pleases you ultimately is beauty. That's what I believe is what reaches the heart on the, on the, on the plane. The, that's part of the problem why the material world really isn't fulfilling fully. And those who are more spiritually minded and wired are most happy when they're on vacation, when they're laughing, right. they're listening to music, they're doing things that don't require any work because it's touching their heart more directly. Conversation words can go right in to the spirit, to the heart. So you, you, you feel like, there, see, I, I also feel like there's, there's a certain, like my being needs work. I feel like yes. there's, there's a certain like yes. maybe because I am in a, in the physical world, yes. in the material world, and you I need, need to work. I need to express myself. Yes. I need to feel like I'm accomplishing something. Yes. I believe there's a there's a, mode, a duality in us, and a provisional what I would call a provisional integration between the realms. There's a provisional. You know what I'm saying? There's yeah, there is an integration, yeah. and I think there's different levels of work. Yes, and. Like you were saying with with listening to music, there is yes. a little bit of work, yeah. but it's most if you're doing it, it's right. the most pure, exactly it's mostly like that. And even work is that way. Like if you're and then working it's really on not, something yeah. and it's easy, it's really not eight work. hours go by. Yeah, like, I just did this. Then yeah. it's not. It's, it's not really. There is some work. There's some work, it, but it's not more, more yes. spirit. It's not toil. And that, that that's the work that makes me feel the best. Exactly. Yeah. Rather yeah. than working hard, because you're bypassing the toil element. Right. But then there's people that are into the toil element. Where they're really pulling their hair out and they're feeling that, and they're not feeling it at the spirit level. That's a soul level modality. And I believe eating is actually part of that modality. That's why eating really isn't fully fulfilling because it doesn't touch your spirit really. You know, it's it's there's some fulfillment in it, but even that there's a there's a there's eating. You have to do work. Why do I overeat? 
Well, because you're be, a lot of times you overeat. I, you know, again, back to my belief is that it's not reaching your spirit. The, the activity doesn't. I, want, I need something to reach my spirit. Yes, but the food won't quite get. Food to doesn't it. reach it. No, no, because the food is not. It's not. There's no interaction between the dimensional reality of the fifth dimension and the other four. The fifth dimension is the spirit realm of heaven. And these are the material. But you, the material you feel planet. the interaction. Don't you feel an integration within your life? I mean, I don't know. No, there's still. I'm, I'm still a spirit in a body. Right. And there, is, the only provisional integration there is, is I can touch and taste. You know, go like this, and I can feel this. But but there's no connection directly between the material and it reaching here at the deepest of levels. Because, you know, eating and sexuality, they're effectively similar. They're opening the chemicals in the mind, the dopamine, the firing. All those things are all the same activity. And actually eating, they're all what I would call the animal modality. We are part animal. Things we can be addicted to. Yes, we can do those things. And that is actually good on some plane. Because without it, you have no experience. Right. You know, you accomplish during the day, and there's two basic things that you can feel. There's glory and power, basically. Glory is effectively, you feel accomplishment. That sense of elevated self, I got something done. I moved stuff around. I built a house. I made a record. Right. Whatever it is. And I'm proud of that. Ultimately, after you've made the order, the worth of it is your pride. This is getting this, around to, to why you don't. Like. This is getting around to my my underlying issue. Is that with, bad? No, not at all. It's just that it doesn't cut it from the spiritual perspective. Right. Because I'm not interested in feeling accomplishment. Don't I don't dig it. I really, I mean, I've done it. It's all right. But it's the same meal every time. It doesn't matter what you do. You always, After need, you you always it, need more. You need more, and not only that, but it's the same feeling. There's really no distinction whether or not you build a house, you make a record, you close a sale. I wouldn't say that. I feel I feel better, I think, after I've done something artistic, probably, than when I've done right. something at, for my house or done... Oh, no, exactly, because for your wiring... Right. That's right. how you that's, feel that's, that. That's what I... What I exa- that's how you feel accomplishment. And that, that's what I... What I um, Derive uh, uh, some worth from. But you're, right. saying, you're saying you'll never totally be satisfied with what yeah, yeah, that is. Right. That doesn't really touch... It touches your heart, what I would call incidentally. Meaning your heart is has joy that you got something done. But still, your heart is not fully moved by the order directly because there's no order. The order that's here doesn't touch at the deepest of planes here directly. This is not moving. It's dead. That's a granola bar. That's a granola bar. You have to do work to it. That's physics that you have to do. To integrate it into your body. To to get it into your body. and and, And God has created a mechanism such that, and it's actually a construct, that you chew this and masticate it, you swallow it, and dopamine is released in your head, which is a separate chemical that goes into your soul and doesn't reach your heart. And that's why it's not filmed. That's 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 why it's, no matter what it is. You so can you have feel a kind of the same about granola bar. On a, oh, yeah. I have a, a big steak on a large level. I feel of, that way about life. Of making a record of... of yes. Of no matter what it is. Doing something that, that you know... That yeah. has been my issue since I was a little boy. And yet you say when you hear music... 
it touches your spirit. Yes, music is the uh, the music and the proper conversation. But what about creating music creating, that, that will be heard yes, by others? Creating music, yes. Um, there is. See, if you think extremely pure about about it at the spirit level, I find when I'm picking up a guitar or something, and I'm not even thinking about what I'm doing, I just want to hear the music. But when I'm recording, there is an entire effort right. of finding you need to find there. And it's not, there's not generally when you hear something in your head, it's not quite what you're hearing out. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's and there's work. There's work. And I'm not saying that's not enjoyable, but again, it's, it is work. There's a measure that I enjoy because yeah. it's kind of cool tinkering with toys and stuff, but there's frustration, I feel. That isn't a pure spiritual experience because it's not. Because it's, it's, it's a hybrid, if you will. But it's the closest thing. It's not immediate. It's not immediate. But it, it takes time, but it's still fulfilling. There I mean, is a fulfillment. I don't know. Without, without let, let me get this, let me, let me clarify that there's, there's definitely a fulfillment from it. I have some understanding of what, what you're saying. There's definitely fulfillment from it. Or you wouldn't do it. Right. But that fulfillment, make no mistake, is on two planes. One, you're feeling the music when it's directly hitting your heart. And yep. two, you're feeling glory in your being for what you did. But there's also, like, in a like sense what of you're accomplishment. Saying, for me, for me mm -hmm. what you're saying about when you pick up a guitar and you yeah. just start fucking with it, yeah. and without thinking, you, you, you know... It, you're 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 feeling those notes right into your head. And you need to feel that. You want to feel that music. For mm -hmm. me, there's something about recording where it's a it t it's a longer process. Yes. But it's also me getting out a feeling that I have that yes. can't be that I can't perform on a piano or yes. on a guitar. But 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 by do you know doing working on a song for a week. Yes. You know and. Yes, but but it, let's say the like, way that everything fits together. Imagine a perfect scenario, though. Imagine a perfect scenario where you're, there was a direct connection between your spirit and no need to even do all those menial things to make it happen. Meaning, you have within you. Look, if I had a million dollars, I'd be on Barbados right now. Chilling on the beach, right? But you don't but, have to convince me of that. Oh no, no, no! Not just that, but even on a musical plane. Imagine yeah. a situation where you were loaded with melodies that were just coming out of your ears, yeah, and you could just pick up stuff, and there was no effort right. between you and that music. I mean, none. Yeah. At the end of the day, you throw all that stuff out. You throw out your Pro Tools. Right. You throw it all out. Yeah. Because at any at any given moment, I can sit down. Exactly. And any effort. given yeah. moment, you're right. picking that stuff up. Right. And imagine a level of inspiration in your being where you're just feeling. You know, every once in a while, every once every six weeks, you get a melody in your head and you feel good. But imagine living in a state of melodious right. integration where you are constantly hearing incredible order. Because so that, that, that film we're going to make called Being Paul McCartney. <laughs> Yeah, right. Well, let me exactly. try. To, let me try to sum this up in a way that, that I feel in my mind. Yeah. Get me if, tell me if I'm wrong here. Yeah. What Jordan's saying, playing that guitar, just playing something, mm -hmm. isn't necessarily enough for you or for me. You do that, you're like, that's, oh wow, that's cool, and then you take it to the next place. I want to record that. I want to turn that into something. Document that. Mm -hmm. See if I can make this even better. Or you know, where, right. where can this go? Mm -hmm. Which is the work part, which is the accomplishment, which is seeing what you can do as a person, even if it's a pure idea. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think for you, because I think for us, even this podcast, we're do you know, documenting. It's like yeah. you're wanting to record. It's you like, see where you want. You want to go. Yeah, to the it's next like level. okay, we're you're doing something. Better. We're feeling. 
Yeah, you're feeling which in and of itself has a lot of ego involved. Yeah, it has, not well, even in a bad thing. Not in a bad. No, it's, it's part. Of, but I think for you, see, you, it's a real Buddhist thing because yeah. I think it is very you yeah. don't care about the documenting part. No, no, I don't. You don't even live no. here. In no, this I don't. Place. Like, I don't. I feel like you're gonna play a guitar. Oh, that was cool. Yeah, oh, okay. I don't. And then you exactly. go do something else, and, and, well, and like, you, know, you have a real idealistic idealistic view where, well, what it is where is, you want to be able to just be in this pure place. Exactly. But think about but you're this, not there right now. I'm not right there. You're waiting to be there. Well, well, this is this is a, this is more to exactly. But here's the deal: is that if you think about it for a moment, how does a kid think? He goes from one thing to the next. Right. You, we call it like an ADD thing, but basically, ADD is really a spiritually wired person that just wants stimulation. Do you really just, live like that? I mean, do you live like at home? Do you go play a little something, enjoy it, go do something else? Well, no, because well, life like demands discipline. You don't get better at an instrument unless you're working. I, I can integrate here. I can. I'm not saying enjoying it and doing it are two different things. I can function. I work. I mean, I've worked jobs. Right. I, mean, I do it. But I mean, do you ever have the urge? Because you're very talented. And, and I to, sit down. To do something. Oh yeah. The only time I actually like to play an instrument is when I have a new melody in my head and I want to noodle it out. And, oh, that's actually new. But you never want to record it. You just play it I, and I, enjoy it. Yeah, I and, want to record it if it's something I want to hear again. And I have done that. Just for yourself. Just though. for myself. Just to hear it. You don't record it for no. other people. No, no. It's not the kind... No. Here's the thing, Josiah. <laughs> the artist and musician is the closest thing to the spirit that you can get in the material world. Let me put it to you this way. When I was resurrected, in a sense, and brought back to life... I was given an extraordinarily urgent sense in my being of terminality that we are going into that plane shortly. Now, shortly is it 10 years, 15 years, 20 years? We're now talking 16 years since I had that experience. We as a collective human race. As a human race, yes. I, I, get, I got such a clear sense that we are the generation. You're way ahead of us, though, man. Well, we, this is the deal. So, and here's the deal. Now, as a kid, I would watch movies like Superman and, and different things. And I looked at that and I said, that is so clearly reality, it's not even funny. I knew when you see that, that's what's in man. He wants to fly. He wants to manipulate physics at a level that's direct. You pick up a table, meaning you have like variable physics. I can pick this up with my finger and there's a spiritual interaction and you're one with the thing. You know what I'm saying? And you're picking it up and you can... And always do things And you can good. walk through walls. Well, the point is that there's no more evil. It's just exploration at that point. It's an ADD dream. It's so ridiculous. We don't know what it is. It's pleasure on a plane. You can't even imagine like putting your, uh, your finger in a socket of pleasure. You know, like you know, a drug trip. But on a plane, because drugs open up levels of the spiritual interaction, you know, you picture that on a plane that's so beyond comprehension where we're living in an exploratory modality where the conversation is, is another melody. And I just, I'm just blasting you with some melody, right? And I'll meet you in three minutes over at Zorex planet. You know what I'm saying? And we're over there. And I'm going to fly, or I might walk out the window, or I might disappear and reappear over there. See, this stuff is in us. Where does it come from? Because you can imagine it? Because you can imagine it. I've, I know in my being that because there's imagination there, there's physics in us that want to be. What machine or biological machine 
if that's all we are. Well, I cares agree. About no, them. I agree that. I mean, you know what I'm saying? There's more than just the machine. So, right. So there's more to it. There's a soul, but but you're, you're you believe there's more to the machine. That's not just a scientific bare bare scientific way of seeing is that there's not more than the machine. Right. No. I, I, so so okay. So I have a friend who's on Facebook. Yeah. He's a pure atheist. Pure a- and, pure and, naturalistic you know, atheist. Okay. Yeah, so where do all those physics come from? They appear out of nowhere. You know, and all of the chemicals know about the physics and know the distinction between chance and not chance, right? And all of that stuff, it's all perfect, and, and it's just all a crapshoot that everybody, believe, you know, they, they believe. So that's fine, you know? But Einstein never subscribed to that. He, right. he, he in fact, he argued with them. He couldn't stand it. That, that everything is... Not just I and I, neither of us are... are no, I'm with Einstein. that way, yeah. That I'm with Einstein, I, I just don't understand you it. You just don't understand what it is. Um... <laughs> And, 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 and I, I, I believe that reality is a living organism, a self-managing, self-aware organism that we live in, that God is the head of that organism. And that, that, re- that makes sense. And reality me. serves God, you know, and we are part of it. And everything goes back to God in some way, it pleases God in some way. So the parent object, the parent person is God. We exist in this plane that's not exploratory in nature. And I believe ultimately that's where we're going. Because I know as a kid, I have felt that's, the, that's where I want to live. I don't want to live in this plane because it's dead. And when it's I say going dead, in this plane, you mean the afterlife or a different plane. You don't mean that that's where this plane is headed. I, I, no, I believe that this is where this plane is headed as an integration of the fifth dimension. We're, we're, as in the universe as we know it will, is about will, to shift to a place where um, I can pull this you know granola bar out of thin air you know I guess this is where I, I, I disagree is that this plane will never be different again this is that's a belief of mine right. I, why why should you believe I mean why yeah. why would you ever unless you said it makes a lot of sense it does well and again I'm speaking from a place of inference based on what I've experienced yeah I can't expect anyone to believe that why would why would you? I know, I feel like I've, I've interacted with something that has a goal, an end product to this stuff. That this is decaying. We could be dead after this interview. You know, and, and, and we, we will be at and some we, point. At some point. And, and everything we did, we did is just documented. Which is, which is probably... Only because we're recording. Because we're recording. Which, which, is probably, which is probably the reason why, <laughs> you know, ultimately why I have a desire yeah. to document things. Right. To record music, to to yes. you know record ideas yes. is because I'm going to die. Yes, and you know and you want to give you, something. You want to give something. You want to stay yes. around. You know. Now this is the thing. Just like that is the right thing to do. Uh, I'm not against that, and I and if that's what you're. You know, you live and you serve and you help and you give your gift. Right. You don't have it just to hold right. it. Right. You know what I'm saying? No, you're just saying that's not your, that's not your thing. Right. And I, it's just set, exactly. I'm not. I'm not saying I have a gift. I have a gift of music. I'm not. I don't. I'm not going to just not give it. You know, because of whatever. The distinction is for me. You, you play a patience game, and you learn it in those seven months that you're like, I'll give the gift. When it's time, when it when it comes to me, and yes, then, you know, you I have to make it happen. I f- exactly. I don't feel that I need to be doing that right now because I don't really enjoy it. I don't want. I could. I have. I've had many opportunities to to do to record and to distribute my music and do all sorts of stuff. And I played. It's all right. Yeah. But it's not what I want. You're saying we said right now you're in Y. We're gonna pay you twenty dollars a day. Yeah. You're not. You're saying you're not gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> cheap. Sorry, we're cheap. Um, I uh, 
ultimately want to be my desire. See, my, my, I've never had desires that are normal since I was a kid. And I know there's a reason for it. Because, again, because if everything's for a reason, you feel there's a reason for your desires. Yeah. So there's an absence of me in integrating into this place. Always has. And I never spoke to you about or anyone about it. The only time I really enjoyed myself is fellowship. Literally once or twice a year, we'd hang out in the side covers. That's great. That was great. Yeah. And the memory of the nostalgia of that was great because nostalgia had the, you know. I, I, but that's because we're social creatures. Because we're so, we, exactly. We desire to be. And, but it, there, was no, there was no work involved with it. There was no doing anything other than hanging out and exploring. We go to the dorms. We talk about stuff. There'd be mm-hmm. weird things going on. Yeah. Out of character things. People did stuff. You felt like you were living in a movie kind of thing. No, you didn't have to times. do it. That was great. Great times. Great times. If we could just snap our fingers and live in that. Yeah. Come on. Right? On a plane that's way out there. So it's like once you've tasted of that, in in a sense, like a drug. I think you have to build towards that, though, man. I don't think there's a magic wand that makes that that kind of pleasurable, like... It doesn't exist. But I think think you can build by building relationships and by building community yes. then and you can create that kind yes. of effortless effortless well, here, interaction here's the thing yoni even back then though i i was like this is great but it was about 20 percent of what i wanted it was like something's off i feel well i feel that way too about intimacy i always feel like i want more yeah, yeah there's something why i do this well, even even, yeah. even doing the music and everything yeah. i mean yeah i i, I definitely Every time I'm, I'm questioning, like, I mean, well, no matter, what should I really be doing? My issue you know? with it is that we talk, we do, we, we talk about things, we do them, and we talk about what we've done. And it doesn't, it doesn't last. There's a transience to life. When you have a great concert, that's part of it, and you go to the next thing. Exactly. That's part of it. The process of life, I think, is, is, yes. is that process of, like, con- you have to Correct. constantly be and, and you're doing it, but, working, but what you're, But what you're really doing... The, the only real difference from thing to thing is music touches you different ways. Yeah. And that's spiritual conversation and ultimately accomplishment, which is the same dog bone because this is an animal world and accomplishment is what a dog does. You pat it on the back right. after it brought you the bone. And that's what it is. See, I believe that we are spirits. There's a spirit in a material world kind of thing. Spirits don't accomplish, they feel. That the opposite of doing is feeling. Two different modalities. And I and, and you know, I hear you and like I think that would be my idea of heaven as well, is like is just basically floating on mounds of clouds. And oh wait, but not it's not no. See, see that's the distinction. Is that I don't believe it's some passive deal. You're not with a harp on something. Okay, okay. Oh, oh, not at all. Okay. No, what it is is a new form of physics which integrates the spirit with the material on a plane that involves incredible visceral stimulation. Like Superman. Exactly. And that's what heaven is. That's what earth heaven is. Okay. Taken to a level where the physics... I I, I would think heaven exists completely and utterly outside of physics, so it's really just pure... If it's sensation, like you, you you derive a certain sensation from... Like the the most beautiful piece of music you can ever imagine. Exactly. But it's not even the music doesn't even exist anymore. It's just that sensation for it's, eternity. It's, exactly. It's it's right, and it's it's you can't you, even understand. You can't, right. It's something this we stuff can't. Stuff is understand. so abstract. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. The only little pieces we get is when you're listening to music and it's so absorbing. It's taking one. But that's journey. but that's you talking because 
since you were born, yes. you've always had a gift for music. Like the fact that that you, you are you have perfect mm-hmm. pitch. You probably hear different keys. I don't actually. Different... I actually don't have perfect pitch, by the way. I can't tell you. Well, we always we always, we always said that. that. We're just going to keep going. We're going to find out. We're going to take those little Michael Jackson melodies and we'll put the real song next. to Exactly. It. If, we're we're going to keep going. Like, if you want to hum something and you want to say, "Do I tell you what's an E or a G?" I can't. Okay, but look, I can tell you the relative pitch, though. Look, look. I'm, what I'm what, what I'm trying to say is, <laughs> you 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 are someone that that has quote unquote has an ear, right? Yeah. And so music touches you in that way. For, for other people, it would be their eyes and, and you know pieces of art or something like that. Well, right? I do, I, and as do you too. I mean, I, I'm stimulated. I do graph done graphic design. Yeah, you know, uh, I write. Sure. I, so whatever you're oh, saying, it, you're saying any things, kind of form of expression that you might expression. hear. But isn't that isn't that a form of intimacy with someone else's? Spirit, you know, someone's sharing yeah, no, their spirit I, I with just, you through I, I, their. I think it's, I think it's an Apple IIe versus a right, a, an a, whatever the a, fastest a kind Pro. of right, right. It's an Apple IIe from 1984, right? You know, or whatever. It's, it's, it's. We're talking about you know a bicycle versus a Ferrari I'm in just, nature. I just think it doesn't. I understand, and I understand what you desire about the Ferrari and what's cool about it, but yeah. it's not here now. It's not here now, and. And that, and, that, and that doesn't I think you mean, should enjoy the bike. Right. And, and I'm not saying don't enjoy the bike. I'm not saying that. Yeah. I'm not in a place where I'm not... Listen, I can go home and I can have a bowl of cereal and get some enjoyment out of yeah. it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and or, or write or play some music and get some enjoyment out of it. But I feel like no matter what it is, it's a salad when you wanted a steak. The distinction is is that is that is that you have a certain preference for something specific that doesn't exist. That doesn't because and again, I, I'm kind of weird because I mean I experienced something where I was dead and resurrected. Right. And I can't divorce or compartmentalize that and say that's not part of my ultimate reason. Right. Do you understand? Why did that happen to me? It wasn't so that I could go back to where I was before, right. ultimately. Right. Right. It's tied to my whole life's modality of when I was a kid and knowing I don't belong here, really. I feel like I'm on the cusp of something that's about to so happen. So you're just, I can't even remember what you're doing right now, something with computers for a living. I, I, yeah, I just transitioned. Actually, I, I uh, left a job. So you're satisfied working. You just transitioned to a new job, and you're happy. I know. You're I, happy yeah. working this job. Yeah, I, I, I took. A, I could have had a job where I was doing a lot of, you know, like making a lot of money working and stuff. And and um, I'd rather make a lot less money and have more peace. Yeah. So it's, what you're sticking with is mellow. You're taking yeah. an easy job. Well, it's, it's a, yeah. It's what it is. is I'm, you know, I'm helping. You know, with uh, Jezreel. My, my folks humanitarian aid organization uh-huh. I lend my talents you know to the website and and um, you, you know uh, you were playing a gig tonight something yeah it was helped for exactly that. that is the same organization exactly same organization okay you know we you know and, and I and I play music and people are you know and I bring pleasure to people like you, you like you guys do yeah you know? and there's some I'm not gonna say there's no pleasure in that you know there is yeah I'm just saying the type of pleasure and where does the pleasure hit you. So I'm not gonna I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie and say that this this cuts it because it doesn't. Right. You're waiting so, to do it in the most pure like in the purest. Like you're not sense, gonna. I don't take your melodies that were pure and be like, all right, now I'm gonna record this. And make yeah, something. no, I'm not interested. It's I, gonna I, have I, to happen. I don't dig the whole recording. Mel- I mean, working in a studio. I like the concept of it. I if like. You don't like it. You don't like it. Exactly. I like the concept. Yeah. 
The only part I like about it is the explorational part. Of and you it. like the results. In the results, I yeah. like I like trying like flipping through sounds and tweaking sounds and all this. Oh, I got that's cool. That's cool. It, it's cool. I'm not gonna say it's not. And I, whoa, I got a groove going. And you know, I work with Pro Tools. I had a studio. I, I get it. Yeah. You know? um, I hear you. I mean, and, it, and it, it's not always something. Sometimes I wonder what I'm doing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all right. It's good. I mean, but that's it. You go from there, or you can get a job. You work a nine to five. Most people are sitting in a, in a, in a stall. Right, but they're not yeah. doing that for their pleasure. Well, a lot, of people, a lot of people do. A little, oh, yeah, it depends on the person. Depends on the person, it depends on the Some job. Some people yeah. really dig it, you know, and they come home and, and, uh, and they do whatever they do. And, and, and a lot, I just, it feels like Groundhog Day and a lot of it. Because yeah. stuff gets old and is boring. I feel like that's how life is. It's like it's, it's about learning how to how to derive like or just learning how to feel love through all that. You, you do know? It, and enjoy and enjoy it as as just a listen, slow process. What know? I'm explaining is is depressing. Without the a sense of urgency and immediacy that I have, I wouldn't be talking this way. I'm talking about a comic book. Right. Talk about living in a comic book. Right. What, what kind of not, you know what I'm saying? I just have wanted to live as a kid with respect to reality. Kids don't work, they play. I, when you play an instrument, that's the closest thing to playing that, that, that there is. It's not work, really. It can be if you're bored of what you're doing and you're forcing yourself to do it. If you're doing but a show you're, every night, you can know, feel like that sometimes. And you're doing but it's still fun. Over, but it's still fun, but when you're, in, when you're playing and you're feeling that passion, it's not work. Right. Yeah. You guys, tech, you don't really work on that, on that sense. The work is you're touring, you're on the bus, you're making dates, you're calling, you're, you know, right. and the part of you, you have to order new equipment, the studio, the administration, you're, you're, you're working with Pro Tools, you're engineering, you're doing stuff. And that's because you love the music and the response and all that stuff, you have a grace within you to you're, deal with you're it. Willing to it's deal not with really work as much to you because it's, it, that's part of the journey. And you're not really sensing it as work because mm-hmm. the reality is, is, is when you're really enjoying yourself, you're not working. Even somebody who's sitting at a desk all day, and I've, I've experienced that at times where I've been really engaged in a project for something or an object, it's something I wanted to accomplish, even working on a spreadsheet. And technically it was a toil and a sweat, but it wasn't really work. So you can't really call work. I mean, work is this term. We use it. But work is really the stuff you don't want to do, right. really. The, the material world, I believe, in, in the Edenic, the, the mode of we were living in a place in the garden, and we're not there anymore, and we live now in a place where work is reason. Now, those who really find the work they really enjoy don't toil as much, and they enjoy it like you have grace for the outcome that's what you have for what you do because you dig recording you dig doing those things you feel you're supposed to be doing it I don't always know but yeah you don't know I, you I, always I, know I, but there's something to it yeah. you've got things on the schedule and you're doing it it's part of your life sometimes you don't know what else to do you don't and it's part of the script I don't believe you have a choice to do it it was really. written in my DNA it's somewhere. written in your DNA and you're doing it yeah I mean it, it's like uh, I have projects that I'm working on it, and most of them are leading toward Something. Working on some yeah. music, and, and you know, it's and, like, we, and we live in a society where you have to work, you have to eat, you have to survive. That's the that, that's the main reason. I think that's an insane reason to live. Ultimately, to fight against death is right. really not life. Right. 
It's fighting but against but, death. But everything on Earth does that. Correct. Be, and I it's believe it's here. because that's life here, because it's a curse. Because right. I believe life on Earth is fundamentally evil with perks. Because of the it ate the fruit. Correct. <laughs> evil. We are actually dying. It's actually death with a mask. It's actually death. The material world is decaying and dying. We're yeah. stuck in it. Some of us have six months in the womb and we're dead. Mm-hmm. Some, of us ha- some of us have 85. Some of us have 115 years. And we're gone. Dust in the wind. It's some semblance of life. While we have it here, but if you believe in something else, if not, this is it. And it's however long that it is and you're done. We have accomplishment. We have to do what you do. And, and you, feel, you feel some pleasure. There's a measure of good. If there wasn't a measure of good, then it would be horrific. I just want peace with it. That's all. I just want to feel like I yeah. have peace with it and be. And I'm okay with with whatever it is. A little bit of yeah, whatever it is. Just have peace. Peace to the days, you know. Yeah, that's but that's ultimately what you strive. You, you want yeah. peace. And it's not you know 100 percent ideal, and I know it's not going to ever be 100 percent ideal in the way that you're talking about having superhuman powers, etc. Cetera, et cetera. It's definitely not. It's, it's in my mind, it's yeah. not going to ever be that way. But yeah. but it's just a matter of having. Get, getting more and more peace with what life is as as, as I go. You live for it's the moment in a good direction, as opposed to the yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You live, you live, you, know. you, you live, you follow the life force that's within you that this takes you in the form of desire yeah. where you're going. Yeah. You have a life. You have to live here. Exactly. You get up in the morning and you do something. Whatever you do, you go to bed. It's over. To me, I have I, I have a bizarre way of seeing it. To me, it's all pushing dust around. I have a, right. you know, a real bizarre way of seeing it. It's yeah, very nitty. I can see that. You it's have, not yeah. it's not great. You wouldn't like to be a homeowner. You, you would not know, <laughs> and you don't. My mind is not a, is not a, is not an exciting place. You know, with respect to it's, ve- it's extremely, extremely interesting to me. It's, it seems exciting to me. Well, it's exciting to think and talk about it. Yeah. But, you know. I, I'm waiting for that time as yeah. quickly as possible because right. I don't believe I don't feel you know it's like a fish out of water kind of feeling. I but see, I've always yeah. felt that way. But I think a lot of people, you know, I, I a I lot feel, of people. The more spiritual you are, the more you'll feel that way. I definitely feel um, like a fish out of water. I think I'm sure you do. I the always more, always have. Generally, the more artistic you are, the more you feel that divide between spirit and material. But I don't believe that it'll. I don't. Feel you know, like I, it'll I'm be sure. different at some point. Why I, should you? I just unless wanna, you, I just unless wanna, you were proven, I just want to slowly move towards more positivity and more exactly. integration, more integration, more integration to make world. it happen. But my question to you is, why would you believe it unless you were shown it? And if, like I said, if I was to have experienced what you experienced, I exactly, would feel I have experienced something. I have something to talk about because yeah. I've experienced yeah. it. Prior to September of 1996, what conversations we had? We were talking about whether or not you believed and whatever. Whatever it was like, you know, yeah, it was. I was on my way to get a job. I was inter- integrating as best as I knew how. We've almost talked for three hours. I got to go to bed. Yeah. I, I hate to say it. It's been quite a long interview. It's been a long in- interview and it's been very, yeah. very interesting. Yeah. Um, I want to get a photograph of the three of us. Yeah, I would love that. This has been Jordan Feynman, Josiah Wolf, in the, uh, what hotel is this? Marriott Suites. Not a bad place. In Albany, New York. Yes, very nice. Appreciate it. It's been very fun talking. Yes. Till next time. Yeah. Maybe in the clouds. Clouds. What a doos, right? What a doozy. That's 
such a such a brilliant guy. A lot of ideas. I mean, crazy. Some of them crazy, perhaps you could say. But again, like I said, if I if I was to have gone through some of the stuff that he went through, you know, I probably would be thinking in the same ways that he is. You know, they, you could call Einstein crazy too. Definitely, could crazy be considered to uh, you know just have more of a link to a fifth dimension or something? You know, maybe. Not in all cases. Believe me, I've seen a different kind of crazy. Uh, you gotta, you gotta meet my ex-wife. You know, uh, oh crazy bitch. No, J.K. And and it was nice to have uh, Josiah, my brother. He added, you know, the the important sort of buffer role in the conversation and and had had a lot of fine points himself. I appreciate him for for being there. I'm gonna get an interview with him soon enough just the two of us not sure what we'll talk about I mean we know each other too well for me to ask him questions about his life but uh, we'll, we'll have some kind of conversation liked this this uh, interview let me know I, I mean I can't say I have too many more people like Jordan up my sleeve that's a that's a unique individual but I'm on Twitter and uh, all the other places on on the uh, internet at Yoni Wolf oh music let's see we played some some why uh, we played Jordan Feynman's piece in the beginning that piano piece is Jordan Feynman we played uh, Nothing But a G Thing, Dr. Dre. We played Marty Getz. Oh, last week there was a Soviet France song in the beginning that I, that I didn't get a chance to mention. you all are well i want you to live full throttle but with a safety belt and a helmet and uh, i want you to uh, keep wandering thank you once again for listening to the wandering that's it.